What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here at AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Alderman Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. You hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh, God, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making two million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Laughing out loud is so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak. That absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful, 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 Stephen yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksman have arrived. Have arrived. You're watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will. Let's get this party started. What's up, everybody? Um, welcome to Live Rounds, episode 32. Um, 
I did not just finish NXT. I wasn't able to catch it. Were you able to catch NXT, Steven? Yes, I watched it. Um, okay, great. And I'm about to update our background, too. Give me one second here. I forgot to do this before the show. Boom. Oh, change. There you there go. There you go. New champ, Brock Lesnar. I, I know well, that'll be a topic for tonight, so. Well, maybe you can uh, also add a Braun Breaker at some point, you know, since he's the new champ as well. I put him in the thumbnail. Yeah, I had a good feeling about tonight. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, shout out real quick on Kind Esports. Want to shout out those boys over there before we get started. Make sure to follow them on uh, all social media at Unkind Esports and the website unkindesports.com. Um, but yeah, man, I can talk about NXT. I can talk about talk about the main event from WWE uh, this past week. And I actually watched. Uh, didn't really I pay much attention. Yeah, I didn't really pay much attention to the pay per view itself, but I, I did watch the main event. I really, I really loved what they did. I thought it was smart. Um, like the the actual match itself, like the way that they just basically went out there and spam finishers for like six minutes or whatever. Um, so yeah, we got some, some pretty good stuff to talk about this week. I know the big Swole Tony Khan conversation, I'm sure will come up at some point. Um, I mean, Lord, Lord help me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's really not a lot I want to really go in to that, to be honest, personally, but I will mm-hmm. say, I'll, we might as well just do it right now and just like, get yeah, that kind of real quick before we yeah. do that, I just want to do a couple of housekeeping things. Um, if you guys haven't checked out, check out our MMA awards for 2021, check out our pro wrestling awards for 2021. We had two videos dropped this weekend. So if you guys only watch us for the live rounds, I uh, definitely check those out as well. Also, we started an Instagram account. You can see the famous photo with me and MJF and Wardlow now. There's all sorts of – I basically posted every single meet and greet that I've done pro wrestling-wise. I still have some football stuff that I post, a couple celebrity stuff I can post. But I definitely plan on posting uh, pictures from, like, local wrestling, GCW, live events. I've, I have some amazing pictures that I took at AEW. Um, and I plan on posting those on that Instagram account. Also, whenever we buy new figures – um, whenever we buy new shirts, whatever, just, um, it's really just a fan friendly, fun Instagram account that basically anybody that's following, I'm following back on, uh, on that account as well. So it's a free follow for you guys. And, uh, yeah, I just want you guys to check it out. I think it's a lot of fun and it gives you guys an idea of my experience more than me just talking about it. You actually get to see the pictures and the link is down at the bottom. So you just click on that and uh, follow us on that Instagram account. Yes, for sure. And as always, please make sure you subscribe and hit that thumbs up. That helps us a lot when you like the videos and super chats. We'll make sure to, you know, shout those out, put those up on the screen for you, answer your questions, read out your statements, your thoughts, all that good stuff. And as you all might notice too, before we get into this, I'm not wearing any Vikings gear because I'm just too, <laughs> I, I mean, there's just no point in the rest of this season. Like there's yeah. a, yeah, that was just, that was just embarrassing against Green Bay. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty much all the football talk. <laughs> the, best, <laughs> the best thing about that though was when they asked um, Zimmer about uh, Mon. He's like, I see him in practice. I don't want to see him on the field. Like, dude, could you just tell us that he sucks without telling us he sucks? Oh my god. So yeah, so much for that kid's confidence. Yeah, Zimmer like he knows he's out. So, like, I think yeah. at this point, he's just saying whatever he wants to. He's like, by the way, that kid sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was, uh, they got to figure out what to do. I think they're going to lose Spielman also. I can't imagine their GM 
making it to next season also. I'll say this. I want them to hire Byron Leftwich. I think he's like the the one I'm like got my eye on the most right now. I really like yeah. him. I like a him as a player like too. Yeah. yeah. So like I think he and, and he's I think he'd be really offensive minded for the Vikings. Like we need someone who wants to go and run up scores and not play conservatively. Like so um so yeah. He's also like telling Tom Brady what plays to call. You know what I mean? So it's like if you can handle that big of a of a not ego, but just like a presence, yeah, then you probably can handle any any player on your team. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you can see it in like Green Bay whenever whenever uh it's LaFleur, right, is the head coach yeah. there. That's I always yeah. forget the guy's name. Um like when Rodgers wants to do something, he just looks at the sidelines and he's just like <laughs> he just like does whatever he wants, you know, because it's like at the end of the day, those superstar quarterbacks that really know what they're doing, you can prove themselves. Like they have free reigns to do whatever they want. Kirk Cousins really should be one of those guys, but he isn't. Like he's not with the current system, he's not allowed to even call timeouts himself. So like you know yeah. what I mean? Like, we need someone who's going to go in there and give the dude confidence and be like, yeah. you know, guide, guide direction, but let him play his game and play confidently. Like, he, I just don't think he can do that. And and now I'm getting worried about the future with with Cousins, with Jefferson, with all these guys, like whether or not they're going to want to stick around, the age for Thielen, his, his injuries and stuff, and whether or not Cook's going to want to be there. And, like, I, I don't know. So I they, they need to figure things out. But I think that all starts with, like, setting them up with a good head coach going forward. Like that's really going to know what he's doing and, and, and play the strengths of all the players. Yep. All right. I, I understand. And I'll just talk yeah. about my Cowboys real quick. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, we didn't show up. And um, one thing that's really starting to bother me is if we don't get turnovers, we don't win games. And um, I just feel like you can't rely on the defense to just get turnovers. You're going to have to show up on offense and it's bothering me because they're not peaking. We'd lost Michael Gallup with a torn ACL while he was up in the air. And I uh, just, it's like all the good vibes you have, you just kind of go away. But at the end of the day, we're in the tournament. And as long as we're in the tournament, we got a shot. And we're probably going to get a rematch with those guys. So we now know what they're all about. We'll be able to adjust. And uh, I hope we can pull it off because I really, really don't want to lose. But just what it is. I have no control over it, but I, uh, I just want to win, man. I really want to win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least y'all still have a chance to, I mean, I'm pulling for yeah. you guys now, like now that the Vikings I appreciate are out. It. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer. It just is what it By is. By the way, we, we play each other next year. I saw on the schedule. So <laughs> nice. Well, it seems like an every year occurrence. The only silver lining for, I guess, for the Vikings at this point being out is like, Jefferson can still, I think, hit some more records technically. Like if he gets a certain amount of catches and yards for like for like first two season type records. But yep. it's also kind of lame because like the extra game, like I'd feel bad. I feel kind of bad for the player. Like, you know what I mean? Records wise, when you add that extra game a season, it messes with like the historical like statistics. You know what I mean? Like you have that extra game to get more stats on your record. So Yep. Yeah. All right. So I guess let's get into this big swole thing. Oh, um, yeah. So, and the reason that we're like, oh man, and we're a little nervous is because we deal with a very sensitive world out there now, and you're not really allowed to just talk about things. And especially if you're not certain background or a certain 
if you can't identify with that person, then you're not allowed to talk about it either. Um, I don't agree with that. And I definitely went viral on Twitter on some of this stuff. These people, the mob went after me, so to say. And um, I will say that I had, I, I don't think anybody would have a problem with what Tony Khan said if Big Swole wasn't a female and if she wasn't black. I think those two things really pissed people off that it was like almost like he was condescending and he was talking down to her and he disrespected her. I think if that was a white dude, people would be like, oh, Tony Khan dunked on him. Oh, dude got embarrassed. I don't think people would have one problem with it. And so to me, that's an issue. What do you say? Well, there's like a lot of layers to the whole thing, right? Like it isn't as simple as like someone dunking on someone else. Like I'll say this. I thought the guys at Graph City for Fightful did a really, really good job on this because they also had the the captain Sean Dean on who got, he got a lot of hate or a lot of heat that night too. Cause like he came out in defense of AEW that night, like in his position with the company and trying to promote diversity in the company and like people came after him really hard and then he kind of explained himself on Grapsody and I, I thought that that was like a really really good episode for people to check out and people who kind of, I mean so yeah there's a, there's a lot to it it would take me literally hours to like go through exactly how I feel about all of it but like I'll, what I'll say is this I'll get this out of the way first from you can go back and listen to podcasts I've done since the beginning of AEW. I've never thought that Big Swole was like particularly great wrestler. Like I kind of always was saying like I don't get the ring name because she isn't big or or like really at Swole. Like I didn't really get it. I, I thought she was like okay, but not very great. Like I, I thought that she, um, I th- I thought that you know, in some of the bigger matches she had, she didn't really perform to the level that she needed to. So, like, from a strictly talent standpoint, I don't think there's any... And she didn't get fired either. Like, Tony Khan, just like you would on any sports team or any any job or anything, like, the her contract ran up and they didn't resign. And, like, there's... That's all totally fair, I think. Um, the Where, like, more of the issue, I think, lies is, like, there is history of Tony Khan like complimenting her for years. Like when he'd get asked about her in interviews, he'd be like, she's great. I want her to be a big part of the company going forward, a big part of the women's division, like always saying really nice things about her. And by the way, once again, like I don't think she was like a great promo. I didn't think she was good on being the elite. I think a lot of the fan base agreed on that. Like it was one of those things where like, from a, from a purely talent standpoint, I don't think Tony Khan is like in the wrong to not resign her. Um, no, but, but I also think that, and I can't speak for these like a minority because I'm not in, I'm not, it's, it's not like completely my place to talk about all this stuff and I'm going to have a different viewpoint, but like, I think a lot of the time people just want people to listen. Like what Big Swole said wasn't like that rude or anything. Like if you go back and you listen to the actual interview she did, they got, you know, the headline was through Fightful, but like the headline I think is what really kind of got the whole conversation and outrage started. But the actual conversation, she was like, no, I love Tony Khan. Like he was so good to yeah. us when we were there. Like, you know, he was, and then I think she essentially just had like 
you know, some concerns about like, you know, it isn't just that she's African-American. I think her being a woman makes it twice this because it's like yep. she wants more time for women and she wants more diversity. So it's like for her, her, but her, I don't think there's nothing wrong with her having like an opinion on Tony Khan and the company on the way out of the company. And she wasn't really like disrespectful about it. I think where Tony Khan made the mistake was being like, this person, this person, this person, this person yep. won, and yep. she wasn't good enough. And then, like, those same people could also be like, well, if she's not good enough, like, how is Jade Cargill good enough? You know what I mean? Right. I think the difference there is, like, Jade Cargill's brand new, and I think Big Swole has been there for a while and just hasn't leveled up to the point that they wanted. I think Tony Khan would have, and he also promoted Rampage in the same tweet, which I thought was just kind of a bad look. Like, he didn't really even need to respond to begin with, kind of thing. Like, but... At the end of the day, I'll just say this. Like, I'm not really taking one side or the other. I think that... Real quick, thanks, Rob, for the super chat. I just wanted to say that. Appreciate it, Rob. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Thanks, buddy. Um, But it's just one of those things where, like, um, if... Like, if he would have just come out and said something more along the lines of, like, we are doing our best to like, we're listening to everything that our, our performers are saying. We're, we've listened to big swole. We like big swole. We didn't think that she was at the level we wanted her to be at. And we're hoping that she goes somewhere else does great somewhere else. And then she comes back and she's ready to be main eventing for us when she comes back. Like, and, and we're, we're listening. You know, I, I, I just think that she just wanted to be heard. Like, and I don't think she necessarily needed to get, you know what I mean? It's just like Tony Khan didn't really have to say anything about it. And like, he didn't really have to kind of, he did kind of jab her. Like, I'm not saying that he was everything. Oh, he he was jabbed saying, her. He but, dunked on her. But, yeah, he but I'm, right. But I'm, but what I'm saying is like, there's just. Like, it was very, it was very Dana White. That's yeah, really it, what it, it was. It, 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 it is very similar. And Dana White gets a lot of heat for the same kind of reasons. 100%. He, the, the difference is in, in the MMA community, it just, it's handled a bit differently with the fan bases. Not um, just that, Dana makes it known, I don't care if you're right. a softie, if you can't handle this, whatever, like, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And if you don't want to watch my show, then that's fine. I think Tony tries to be Mr. Nice Guy, and then when he comes out with something like that, it's like, oh, he's not on our side. Like, sure. Dana, Dana, might, Dana White makes it very clear that he doesn't care what anyone's opinions are on any, on any of his opinions. Not even when it just comes to, like, I mean, anything he says, like, he doesn't. So, and that's true because Tony Khan is the kind of guy who's like, AEW's a family. We're all best friends. Like, I I drink, you know, I drink, uh, you know, mixed drinks with the locker room after the pay-per-views. And, like, we're all a big family. And then it's like, and all she really said was like, hey, I just felt like the woman weren't getting enough time. And I feel like there's not enough, you know, people of color in, like, the main event and stuff. And then he's like, you weren't good enough. Everyone else watched Rampage tonight. And it was like, (laughs) oh, you know what I, I mean? Like, I this. get it. She, she made one statement where it really bothered me, and she said that wrestling is fictional, and so it shouldn't matter who you decide to be champion, so you should pick someone that's a person of color. That's ridiculous. That, that is showing that you do not – first of all, it's disrespectful to pro wrestling because if you just view pro wrestling as just some fictional uh, show and that you're just trying to cross boxes for representation – then you're forgetting the whole art of pro wrestling. The whole art of pro wrestling is about skill. It is about talent. It is about a meritocracy at some point. Like you have to be great and you can't just say, 
We just signed Adam Cole. We just signed CM Punk. We just signed uh, Brian Danielson. But they're not people of color, so um, we're not going to use them. We're going to have to pick somebody that's on the roster as people of color to use. That's stupid. And that's what's happening all across the board. Like, I could go back. I saw that Pinocchio, Disney Pinocchio, um, is coming out in the movie. And they were like, watch the clip of the new uh, fairy godmother or whatever. And I immediately knew she was going to be black because that's what they're doing now. It's a, it's called tokenism, and it's basically switching roles to please people that want representation. But it's not genuine. None of it is genuine, and that's the problem. Like, if this was really earned, if this was really something that everyone could get behind, that's one thing. Like the Kofi thing. The Kofi thing was natural. People wanted it. They begged for it. And it it worked. If you're just literally going to go take somebody from AEW and be like, hey, everybody else needs to take a back seat because we need some representation on the program, that's stupid. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it. it's also something that I think people should consider as well when it comes to all of this. Because like what you said, a lot of the ma- massive stars that AEW currently has are white. The majority of them, like yeah. the top stars are white. And and, and and not just that, we've heard this for a while now. All elite white, all elite white signs another white boy, all this other type of stuff. It, it, it's not like this is, hasn't been brewing. This thing has been brewing for a while. And True Slayer has been saying that on on uh, Twitter, and he's right. Like, And it's just been ignored. And then this story drops on the last day of the year, and... TK brings the fire back at it, and then, dude, you would have thought the whole thing was just boom. Like, every wrestler was about to quit that was offended, and it just, like, it felt like something that was getting out of control. You see Leo Rush complain and be upset. You're seeing others being like, no, I'm not okay with this. And then within, like, after Rampage, like, this whole thing died down by the next day. It was like, okay, no big deal. Leo Rush is fine now. He talked to Tony Khan. Everything's okay. And it's like, like I like what Hobbs said when he was like, you know the man's phone number. Give the man a call. Don't throw a fit on Twitter about it. And I, I feel like Leo Rush really didn't handle it the right way at all. I felt like that was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, like, what I, what I was kind of getting to with, like, them having mainly, like, these, like, the white main eventers for the most part yeah. And is is because people also need to consider this. If the WWE, like the, a lot of these people were with the WWE before they came to AEW. I'm never, I'm not making this in any way, shape, or form WWE versus AEW or anything, which at this point needs to be made. A lot of these names were made stars in the WWE system or became much bigger stars in the WWE, and then they were released, and then AEW you know, got them as fast as they could. And there are these massive stars, like you said, Punk and Danielson and, and Aleister Black and, you know, so on and so forth. If the same thing happened and the WWE lost Big E or they lost Lashley or they lost Roman Reigns, they'd immediately be main eventers on AEW. 100%. Like 100%. It just, the same way. The, the AEW, WWE hasn't released any, Hi, uh, like, I, well, Keith Lee, but I think Keith Lee will, when he's able to, I think he will be a main eventer in AEW, like, right away. Like, the, the, the thing about, and this is kind of what I think Sean Dean was getting to it on Grapsity, was like, there, like, it's, it's happening and it's coming. Like, it's, it, it's, it's gonna mean a lot more for a guy like Will Hobbs or Lee Moriarty or Dante Martin 
to have a slow organic build towards that position so that when they're ready for that, they, they need new main eventers. Those guys are ready to go and kind of like the next batch of people they're going to be using as top stars there. But it's, yep. it's weird when you just take like, if you were just to take, I mean, I've been watching Lee Moriarty for years, but I think the majority of the AEW audience probably has only seen him for a few months on AEW. And it's right. a double-edged sword because half the fan base complains when Lee Moriarty gets too much offense and on CM Punk because CM Punk should be so much above him because he's such a bigger star than half the fan base complains that Lee, Mor- Lee Moriarty isn't getting pushed more. So it's like right. you, you, can ne- you can never win one way or the other with any of these any of these situations or arguments or anything. But, like, you can tell, like, Dante Martin's going to be a massive star for them. Will Hobbs is going to be a massive star for them. Like, when Keith Lee's available, he's going to be a massive star. Ember Moon's going to come in and immediately be a main event level yep. wrestler with AEW. Like, yep. we could see Trisha Dora. We could see AJ Gray. Like, I think just because – I'm not saying, like, you have to lose Big Swole to get these other wrestlers. But what I am saying is, like, I don't know if we're having the same conversation necessarily if, like, Big Swole was, was, wasn't was there and, like, none of this had, had happened between her and the company and, and, and Tony and her and all this – and like a month from now, we're seeing a main event scene that includes Shane Strickland. Thank you, John. That's a he'll be a main event for immediately. So we got like Strickland, we got we got Keith Lee, we got Ember Moon, and we have the rise of Moriarty and Mar. Like it's it's happening. It's happening. Yep. Just it you, it just doesn't happen overnight. And the re- only reason they're in the position to begin with is because there weren't really a lot of like super super well known big time main eventers that were people of color that AEW had access to. It, it is, yep. they just didn't. And, and you can blame not, not necessarily even AEW for that. Like if you want to place blame, place blame on some of these indie promotions that weren't pushing people of color to get notice enough to be signed up to this point, blame right. other ma- major companies for not, you know, you know, maybe if, uh, you know, I, I don't know if somebody else had been fired from the WWE recently that, you know, they just, they didn't push enough. Jonathan Gresham, like, I think he'll come into AEW. Um, and you've mentioned him, like, he'll be, he'll be big for AEW. He's a free agent right now. Like, so I think there are a lot of people of color, like, that could definitely be main event wrestlers and definitely will be main event wrestlers in AEW. And I think it's going to be happening soon. Um, so, so it's just, it's just one of those things where I just kind of, I, I, I want to see how this plays out because, when you see shows like for the culture, for instance, like those are great shows and it's pretty much 100% people of color and they're great shows. Like the talent's out there. It's just a matter of how you're presenting the talent and pushing them. And I think AEW is doing a very good job of pushing people of color, but they just haven't hit like the main event, massive superstar level yet. But once again, if like a Big E or a Lashley or a Roman or, or someone who was already well-established became available and they were a person of color, they'd immediately be main eventers. So like, I, you know what I mean? I don't, that's just how I feel about it, I guess, at the end of the day. So. Yeah. I mean, one thing I think that there's a lot of up and coming wrestlers that are people of color, like that that are on their way up. So when they get signed and then they get pushed, like it will make a lot of sense. Um, You know, if you go back to like the UFC, like, there weren't a ton of people of color that were dominating that sport. It was Brazilians, like it was it was 
it was different cultures, it was different countries. But if you want to talk about specifically like black people, like no, it wasn't. It it just evolved that way. Like eventually, it's a meritocracy. If they're the best, then they're the best. But you have to understand too, like, and I'm not talking just in you in general. I'm just saying in general. But like, when there's so much time invested into people, then they're gonna get the pushes. You don't have a Kenny Omega in your company. You don't have a Brian Danielson, an Adam Cole, a CM Punk, and they're just a John Moxley, and they're just gonna be on the on the sidelines. Like that's just not gonna happen. And right. and and then like when your future, you're still gonna have your MJFs. You're still gonna have guys that are up there, and you know MJF is Jewish. Like, does he is he allowed to be champion, or does it like this is this is the issue? Like to me. I don't think we should be judging people by race at all. I think it's ridiculous. And I think that if it bothers you that much, then you have some deep-seated stuff inside of you that needs to be worked out. Because when I'm watching pro wrestling, it's just about who's the best. That's it. When I'm watching fighting, it's just about who's the best. I would cheer for Vanderlei Silva over a white boy American. I could care less. It did not matter to me. And I just feel like that it's almost like reverse racism at this point. Like you, you are basically judging people off the color of their skin and saying that they deserve this based on what they look like. I don't think that that's right. And I don't think it should have been that way ever. So it's really, that's the thing that bothers me. That that's where it's like, and then not only that, we're being told by people that like, we can't talk about this because we're white. And so it's like, so we're not even allowed to have a wrestling opinion on this? Like, I, I, I don't buy that either. I, I think that we can both I, – I got attacked because I said Swole wasn't that good. But almost universally, if you really push people on it, they would admit that she wasn't that good. So it was like – so you really have no merit to your argument in the first place. You're just upset that a white person said that a black person wasn't very good. That's the issue. And – like I said, if if we're getting to the point to where we're only judging people based off race, then we're we're going way backwards here, way backwards. Yeah, like I said, there's there's a lot of layers to all of it. Like you know, because I also don't want to speak on behalf of you know anybody that like would feel totally different about this than I would. Like I I get the I get the, this I get both sides of this whole thing. So it's like this is what it is. Like you know. I, I don't honest, think it's over though. I honestly don't like with with Swole. That's one thing. One thing too. Tony did not delete the tweet, and he never apologized to Swole. So I think that you can expect more things like this to come from Tony. I think Tony's showing you that like if you're going to talk bad about his company, he's coming for you, just like Dana White does. And two, I think that when 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 you're doing this and you're only judging people based on certain things, you are never going to be happy. It will never be enough. If you have one champion, well, why aren't the other ones champion? Why aren't, why is it this happening? Like, you're upset that Big Swole's trashing AEW, but Jade Cargill is about to be the TBS women's champion. And of course, that isn't good enough at all. Like, it's always something. And that, that's an issue as well. All right. We got to move on topics, I think. <laughs> like, I can't. I'm just saying my, my piece. Game. I'm just yeah. saying my piece. And and I know that not everyone's going to agree with it, but at the end of the day, like 
we've heard from other perspectives and I'm saying this is from my perspective is I just want to watch wrestling for what wrestling is. And I don't think that you have to judge people based on certain look, their certain looks they have based on what they're going to be and what they're not going to be. There we go. So Braun Breaker won the NXT title tonight. Yeah. Um, and with that, I didn't get to watch the match. How was it? It was all right. It was pretty good. Like, I mean, it was it was as good as I kind of expected it to be, I guess, at the end of the day. Like I haven't I, I haven't watched a whole lot of NXT lately, but he did hit the um he did hit the uh the Steiner Bulldog off the second rope and then hit the Steiner Recliner to win. So um Yeah. So as Doug yeah. goes through his I'm just looking, with him. Okay. I'm just looking on there. But um when when uh when uh, he won, it looked like that Rick Steiner was show. Was he shown on TV at all, or was it after TV? Oh no, I turned it off to come on here, so I don't know. Did Rick Steiner show up? Yeah, he was in the crowd, and then he went in the ring with him. They showed pictures of it. Oh, that's pretty sick. Y'all have to check that out afterwards. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess it is. You know, he can he can have his dad there um, as long as. Uh, you know, he's not on camera, I guess. I don't know. I, I think it's just totally ridiculous. <laughs> like, he he's over um, partly because he is a Steiner. And to, like, not even acknowledge that is an issue. Well, apparently it was his idea to change his name, too. Like, I remember reading that not too long ago, which is like, you, they shouldn't have listened to him if that was the case. No. Like, no, you're, you're Rex Steiner. Like well, and not only that, like everybody embraces the the generation, the second generation, the third generation, and like they love that. The WWE loves that. They can do documentaries, they can show all this family history and all this stuff, and instead they're just like, "No, we're good." Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he does all their moves and everything during the entrance. It was pretty corny. He like he had like chains like, attached to his arms for, that were, like, attached to the actual, like, set, like, the Titantron set thing. And yep. he, like, broke the chains when they said his name, but it wasn't, like, that impressive. And then there was this, like, the giant styrofoam NXT logo, but it was, like, the 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 yellow, the old gold logo. And it was, like, clearly cut down the middle. Like, you could tell from a mile away the thing was cut in half. And, and Braun Breaker, like, kicked this thing in half, and it was, like, clearly just styrofoam. Like, it, it was very, it was a very lame entrance, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. You can tell they have big plans for the kid. He has potential still. Like, he, he this was better than the last few times I've seen him wrestle. I will say that. So, you know, not surprising that he's the champion, though. I mean, like I said, I put him in the thumbnail for this video, assuming he was going to win the title tonight. What do you do with uh, Roderick Strong, Ciampa? Like the both these guys lost their titles. Like they just gonna just wrestle every now and then? Like I don't see any reason why these guys are with in this company anymore. Yeah, yeah, I really don't know what the future is for them because I I don't know how long Roddy is like signed there. I don't know how much longer. Um, Carmelo Hayes beat him tonight. Carmelo is, you know, super talented. He was Christian Casanova on the Indies. 
Um, he's really good. So I don't, I don't, I'm fine with him beating Roddy for that title and everything. And then finally just doing away with the 205 or the, uh, the cruiserweight championship, like, uh, because that's what that match was, was to unify the cruiserweight and the, um, whatever they call the other one, the national championship, um, North American championship. Yeah. But, uh, so now it's just the North American title. Um, and then, you know, AJ was on the show. He's wrestling Grayson Waller next week on NXT, which is, you know, he just got squashed by Omos on Monday. I saw, I didn't watch, I didn't watch the show, but I saw like the video pop up on my, on like Twitter or something of him just getting destroyed. Um, I'm, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. No, I mean, not at all. Like I said, I think I said it last week, but it's like, you had opportunities to have AJ Styles do literally like 20 dream matches in NXT during NXT 1.0. And then when you finally send him there, it's to wrestle this dude who's like basically average. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't know like why they, why they're doing this. Um, they're trying to build Grayson Waller into like a big star, but I mean, honestly, what I think they're doing just this from the outside looking in, it seems like, all of this was supposed to be for Austin Theory to me. Like, I feel like, I feel like NXT had massive plans for Austin Theory and then Vince saw him and was like, ooh, give me that guy. And like, did yeah. it brought him right to Raw, like kind of out of nowhere. And the, yep. every, the whole push that he was going to get, that Austin Theory was going to get, I think is going to Grace Wall. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I don't know, because aren't they still doing segments with Austin Theory and Vince? I I don't know. I'm just going based on what I said on Twitter. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're doing segments with Austin Theory and Vince, I feel like Vince is definitely behind Austin Theory. And he's like, I guess, like he was like the first one announced to be in the Royal Rumble. So, oh, okay. um, cool, I guess. <laughs> I mean, this is this is what your future looks like, right? Grayson Waller, Austin Theory. Um, I heard Carmelo had a good match. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Carmelo Hayes over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, I don't, I, I haven't watched him. I, I mean, I saw him do a couple promos and stuff, but like the whole NXT 2.0 just, it, it, it just kicked me out basically. Like, I'm not interested in it at all. I'm not interested in this rainbow colored Nickelodeon looking set. And it's like, you can have the most badass match, but that goofy in that setting. In my opinion, like it's just, it's just, it's just so like we don't want you here. <laughs> it is so like, like we gave you Dragunov and Walter. Now get the hell out of here. Like that's basically the way that NXT went out. Like this is your little final match. Now here we go with our vision, and your vision sucks. Yeah, and Walter, well, Walter wrestled tonight, you know, him and Imperium right. against MSK and Riddle. That was a good match. I like that a lot, actually. Um, yeah, uh, apparently that was supposed to be Jeff Hardy. Sean Ross Sapp reported that today, that, like, that was supposed to be Jeff Hardy going to NXT and being the shaman for uh, MSK. And then, uh, obviously, Jeff Hardy left the WWE, so, like, the last second they switched it to Riddle. Um, so that's a little interesting tidbit and. Uh, not to give anything away for free for Fightful Select, but, you know, there you go. And also, if you're a Fightful Select member, by the way, you can download the new Fightful magazine. My article with Matt Cardona came out today, which I'm very happy about. So y'all can read that if you're, if you're a Fightful Select subscriber, it'll, you get a, a promo code to just get the digital copy. So, yeah, but, uh, awesome. thanks. 
but uh but yeah I, there there is there is still some talent there in NXT but just the whole the whole trajectory of where it's all heading is just very un uh unappetizing for me I just don't really care too much but I am interested to see the futures of like and by futures I mean how much longer are they under contract with the WWE because I want to see them other places but like you know Cameron Grimes I still think could be big you know like he's super talented um and he's a very good promo too um you know they have they have some good wrestlers but then you have like Kishida who's obviously a great wrestler but he's in some team called Jacket Time with Ikimajiro which is you know literally that's the name of the tag team is Jacket Time um which I mean that has a toll I mean what do you think of the what's the first thing you think of when you hear about Jacket Time I mean, I'm thinking of like his Back to the Future jacket that he wears, but I don't. But, but like, I'm just saying, like, it just if you've you never know, heard, but like, yeah, <laughs> no, like, no, I mean, that's not what I was thinking. But yeah. okay, well, because like, well, because like, oh, I get it. I there get was it, a, yeah. the Blink One Eighty Two album, "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." Like that was the same joke, you know. But yeah. like, but it's literally Ikimanjiro's oh, Ikimanjiro's gimmick is that he wears a jacket while he wrestles, and I think Ikiman, uh. I think his name like translates to like handsome or something like that. So, but, but like, that's what Kushida does now is like, he's in this, he's like playing second fiddle to this like other guy and they're both Asian. And, you know, that's really the only reason they put them together. Cause you know, the WWE does that all the time where they just take people that look similar and just put them in a group or a tag team together. Um, and they just did that with these guys and, now, now you know Kushida wears it's because so it's jacket for you know Ikimanjiro's jacket and time yeah. because you know Kushida's the time splitter so it's jacket time. Yeah, that's a fail. That's a big, big fail on their end. Wow, jacket time. Mm. Okay, um, <laughs> Dirty sent in a super chat. And he wants to know, should WWE unify the world titles? And I'm going to even add to that, if they do it, unify the world titles, does that end the brand extension? Well, the brand extension is completely worthless. I've been saying that for years. So um, bad. Like, and yeah. now, like, after you've laid off 120 wrestlers or whatever, like, you might be able to actually just have it under one show. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. The the argument that people usually make when I say that they should end the brand split is they're like, we can't trust the writing team to, you know, be able to, to write stories for so-and-so on just one show a week. How could we expect them to have the creates? And it's, not, it's just because they've also, like, soured on the whole creative process and, like, their faith in the company. So it's like, Basically, their argument is like, if they can't write a good three hours of TV for somebody, how could they write a good five hours or whatever of TV for somebody? Like, and my thing is, you need to put your biggest stars on the show the most you possibly can, and just have try to have the best matches you can at this point. Like, Roman Reigns should be on every show that they have. He's the draw. He's a star. Ro- Brock Lesnar. He's the draw. He's a star. When Brock Lesnar was in that match, that he like that uh, the show that just happened. Um, Day one, which by the way, I day I, I rejected free tickets too. I just cared that little that I didn't even go for free. <laughs> um, so, but I would have done the same thing though. But there was like a really solid like six minutes or whatever of wrestling in that main event, and the, I'm not saying this against anybody on a personal level, 
but like Brock Lesnar's a star and none of the rest of them are in the eyes of the WWE. Like the way that that was presented was like the only person who, who had a shot at Brock was Lashley and they're, they've made that the Royal Rumble match based off of it. But like Brock basically owned everybody and it took like multiple people teaming up to do anything to him. But, like, you can just tell it's, like, in Vince's mind, like, Brock is the star, which is the truth on as far as, like, popularity and mainstream. Like, Brock Lesnar is still the biggest name that they have available to them outside of, like, John Cena whenever he's around. But like, I also think it does help that he's got the babyface look and yeah. he's, like, the Viking thing that looks totally different and that looks like a badass. And he's also being a baby. I don't know what happened on Raw. I know, like, Heyman was bound to him or whatever. But, like... Like seeing him pose with fans, <laughs> yeah. like that has not happened. Like Brock will normally just like run you over in an airport. Like it would, like just to, just to see him acknowledging, like be happy and like accept crowd cheers and stuff. Like it, it's just weird. It's a different dynamic. I think it's kind of cool though. Like I don't think it's necessarily the worst idea to have babyface Brock going up against Keel Roman at WrestleMania. We've never seen that before um, for WrestleMania. Um, so I, I think it's okay. I get it, I guess. And if you're going to do title versus title, I mean, this this is so set up. Like, it's all the same thing you've always seen, but it does have a different story to it. It does have a different flair. It does add extra with two belts on the line. Like, I, it's definitely probably what they're going to do. Yeah, WrestleMania main event, title versus title. I mean, it's two nights of WrestleMania. I don't know how they'll work that in. Um, if they have to have like them wrestle on both shows or something, and then they, I don't know how they'll do it because of the two I nights. Think, but I think they'll just be night two. I think that, yeah. that there will be no other title match like for the men, the the championship, and then they'll wrestle on night two to unify the titles. Yeah, and to answer like the super chat as far as them. Like, yeah, I think they should totally go back to one title belt and totally end the brand split and get rid of all the doubles of the championships and all that stuff. Like, I, I, think, I think if you end the brand extension, the brand split, one title, I think that's not – I think that that, that, could, that should make AEW a little nervous because then you can have continuing storylines to watch from Raw to SmackDown – and it's not all separate. And like you get Roman Reigns basically on every show or Brock Lesnar on every show. And it's, it, it just has more continuity. I think it's a lot easier to write a story when you know, like, okay, we just did this. Now we got to get it to Friday. And then we're going to do this to Monday. Like that's what we grew up on. So to me, it makes sense. If, especially if AEW has no brand split, then like, why do you? Like, especially if you've, like I said, you've released 120 wrestlers. Yeah, and I think that the WWE was really at kind of its most interesting and, like, as far as, like, recent years over the last, like, I don't know, five to ten years or whatever, was around the time that, like, Seth Rollins was the world champion. Because, like, he was, there wasn't another WWE champion at the same time. Like, there was, like, a couple years there, like, in between brand splits where there was just the one champion. And I feel like it made the title belt seemed like it was a lot more valuable at the time. Granted, John Cena kind of like elevated the United States title to where it was like debatably at the same level for a while too. But I just think, I just think it devalues it all when you have so many different championship belts. And like you said, it's like, 
if they're not at a point where they, they they have so many wrestlers now under contract that they have to do this. They're already at the point of like throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. Like they're just picking wrestlers that they think might wind up being good in the long in the long haul. And like guys like Brayson Waller and Omos and and people that like Braun Breaker and stuff that they I think that they're just like you know and and. They're, they're, I don't know, the roster just isn't big enough that they even need the, the two brands at this point. So, yeah, I, I think they should end the whole thing. Yep, I agree. I think it would be a smart business move, um, which probably means they won't do it. So, you know, it, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I just, no telling what they'll do. I mean, Johnny Knoxville is going to be in the <laughs> Royal Rumble for crying out loud. Like, I remember going to see Jackass one in like, I think I was a freshman in high school. And the fact that like, they think that he is relevant and we should be excited. And like, that's going to make people tune in just, it is so outdated. I mean, it's just like, how do you have bad bunny and like Logan Paul? And then you're like, you know what else we need? We need Johnny Knoxville. Like what? What are you, what are we doing? Well, clearly it's promotion for that next Jackass movie. I mean, that's like, <laughs> that's gotta be the whole thing. Um, but yeah, just the, the, I've been saying it for a long time, you know, like this is like what they're, and this isn't a new thing for the WWE, by the way, like forever they've wanted to have crossover. Like we've seen Jackass guys on Raw before. Like I remember when yeah. Steve O got his ass kicked by like Umaga or someone. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it was like they, you know, this is what they're constantly trying to do, but it's just becoming more and more and more of that going forward. Um, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do for Johnny Knoxville in the Royal Rumble. I don't, I'm, I'm not like, I'm, <clears throat> I'm of the generation like you are that if anyone's going to be excited to see Johnny Knoxville, it'd be us. And we aren't. So right. like, who, so like, who's this for? Right. Like, like, he was was like, for the, I don't even know who he is nowadays. He was like for the 18 to 34 demographic. And now we're in that 34, 35 demographic. You know what I mean? And like, not only that, like he has a full head of white hair. I, I mean, I just, I don't see why anybody would watch this and be like, yeah, this is, this is cool. It'd be like you putting know? like Jaleel White in the Royal Rumble and like being like, it's Oracle guys. Like, yeah, like, come on. Get excited. We'd be like, okay, like I marked out for the Urkel, uh, like weed thing that he did with Snoop Dogg on Triller. Yeah. Like that was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like that's so niche, right? Like, like kind of like Johnny Knoxville. Like it's only a certain, a very small percentage of your fan. And that's the other thing too, is how many people are you even watching the WWE anymore? So like, you're the only people who would know who he who he is are our generation, and most of us have already bounced out from even watching the show at this point. So like. Who's this for? Once again, like, are you trying to, you're, you're trying to promote a rated R movie to children, basically? Like, kids who can't go see the movie are going to see this guy and be like, oh, cool. Who's Johnny Knoxville? Who's this old man who's getting thrown really hard around the ring? You're like, oh, he's on Jackass, son. You're like, oh, okay. Well, see that. Well, you can't because it's rated R. So this doesn't do anything for anybody. Right. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's really, 
you know, like I get the Golden Egg. Red Notice was a popular Netflix movie. I watched it actually. It was pretty good. I don't good. get that at all. Um, <laughs> like I get it by promotion. I don't right. get why you well, would do the Rock, it. But yeah. it's at least it's a relevant movie. It's The Rock. It was the number one viewed movie in Netflix like ever history. So like, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Jackass, like I like. Do they think that this is going to do well in the box office? Like, I think this thing is going to tank. Like, I don't think any anybody in their right mind that's normal is going to want to see this thing in the theater. You know? <laughs> all, all I've heard about it is, like, nothing about the movie itself. It's just all about how Bam Margera had a giant falling out with the rest of the people. So, yeah. like, so all you hear about is how much of a train wreck these people's lives still are, and it's just sad at this point. <laughs> like, Bam got kicked off the show. Like, Bam isn't right. even in the movie because he has a drug problem and he won't go to rehab. Like, that's, you know, Ronnie <laughs> so almost 51. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are we doing? You know, I've always felt bad for those guys to a degree where I'm like, it's kind of like the Mick Foley situation where it's like, Mick Foley didn't have like the overall talent to be one of the biggest stars in the history of wrestling, but because he was willing to put his body through the most, he's going to be a legend forever. Like Steve-O, Knoxville, Pontius, like all these guys sucked at everything they did. Like they were, some of them were like, okay, skateboarders, but like, and man was like a really good skateboarder. But for the most part, it was like, it was just like Johnny Knoxville was so unathletic that he couldn't accomplish like really simple stunts. And like, and now like, and that was kind of funny when they were like, you know, in their twenties or whatever. And now they're just beat up and like still having to do it. I mean, Knoxville's the only one who's like actually like probably saved any money. And like the rest of them are probably just like having to hurt themselves. Like Steve-O has been sober for like 10 years. Yeah. But he's still the guy that like everyone's like, yeah, Steve-O, pour hot sauce into your eye, bro. And he's like yeah. dancing, like dancing like a monkey, like a clown, you know, like a, like a monkey with the symbols, you know, cause it's like, you know, it's just like make us laugh, clown. It's like, damn, it's kind of sad now so yeah. uh, like i mean imagine being 51 and being like okay we need you to get kicked in the nuts again like okay <laughs> cool you know sign me up like, I don't. and then and then I, not even on drugs it's like you're doing it sober so it all actually hurts now <laughs> i was watching steve-o you know and he has like a podcast out of his van yeah i watch every heard, now and then and like i watched the one with um uh, the girl that played Jody Sweden, who played Stephanie Tanner in yeah. Full House, and she was like dropping the f bomb and stuff, and I'm just like, hmm, this is different, you know? Like I get it that she she's normal or whatever, but just it's just funny how you see people, and then when you when that I don't know the matrix gets broken, it's kind of like, oh wow, interesting. Well, that that same show, like Bob Saget made a whole second career for himself as just like a vile stand-up comedian. Like, well, the funny thing is, is he was a vile stand-up comedian even going into Full House, and then it was like he had to be Danny Tanner, right? And I, dude, I remember, I remember watching HBO and he was talking about banging <laughs> chicks and stuff, and <laughs> smoking, and weed. doing coke, and doing <laughs> yeah, coke, yeah. and I was just like. What? Like Danny Tanner? Really? So yeah, yeah. So uh, it was a trip. I, I definitely recommend from that Stevo's. I think it's called like Stevo's. Was a Wild Ride or something like that? He's he's in a he's in an RV, like you said. He did one last month with um my boy Aaron Carter. It was it was really good. So like, if you're a fight fan and you know you want to hear the inside of a boxing legend, I'd oh, recommend that gosh. one. Oh boy. Mm, okay. 
I wonder if Ariel Hawani will ever have Aaron Carter on uh, the MMA hour. I'm sure that would be fun, right? Dude, there's like an outside chance we can have Aaron Carter on this. Like, <laughs> I don't like, know what I'd even ask him. I really don't. I mean, I, Hogan. I, if he follows me on Twitter, man, I could DM him. I'm just saying. Oh, man. But you can't laugh at him. That's all. Yeah, no, I know. Put me in a bad spot. I know. I'm I'm trying to get this guy to send me a signed Aaron's Carter, Aaron's uh, party CD, you know? Yeah. Mm. Anyways. Some signed uh, boxing gloves. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, How do you, how do you go from there? Um, I guess, you know, this one thing we, it's not on the cover, but I mean, man, like three title matches this week for AEW. Got Hangman and Brian Danielson running it back. We've got uh, Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes running it back, and we have Britt Baker and Riho running it back. So all rematches. Um, and that's tomorrow. All, all that? No, this then week. next week. Right, right, right. I'll, we'll have that as a it's heavy this, topic next. Huh? Well, it's this week. It's just I, on I Saturday. It's this week. It's just Saturday. Right, right, right. That's why I forgot to put it on for today's uh, show because it was. I I was thinking about ran or uh, dynamite tomorrow night, and I knew that that wasn't happening tomorrow. That's right. It's it's Saturday. Yeah. Good call. Let's definitely talk about that though for sure. Yeah. So, do you think it's a little early to do Cody and Sammy again? And do you think that Sammy has a sh- chance of getting the title back? I think he does have a chance to get the title back. Um, Apparently it's Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express tomorrow as well for the titles. That's right. I believe so. So that man, all titles are being defended. So. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think it's possible that Sammy wins the title back. You know, I'd like to see them do more with, uh, with Cody as, as a TNT champion with all the, all the talk about him and everything. ECW Hardcore says he's losing the title to Hook. That's what I propose as well. Um, but Hook uh, is like, I said, Hook is yeah, like I said, he, he, Cody hits the pedigree for the first time on Hook, establishes the heel turn. Hook no-sells it, chokes him out, and the crowd just loses it. Um, but uh, what was what was the match we were just talking about right before that? Sammy and Cody. Sammy and Cody, thank you. So and I... <laughs> I think ultimately, like the main thing they were trying to do is like kind of piss everyone off on Christmas. If that, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, like they yeah. knew, like that. It was like not only did Cody win the title, he won it on Christmas from Sammy, which they knew was gonna make people hate on Cody even more. Like, I think that was the point. So my thing is like, was that the end game? And like now they'll just kind of go back to like Sammy, and like they'll keep going with whatever they were gonna go with. But then like, what do you like? You got to use the momentum of all this Cody, you know, chatter. So, like, I don't know. Personally, I think that they should keep the belt on Cody. But I also, I like Sammy. And I think he was a good champion and everything. Like, he he didn't really get to kind of get cooking as much as I I think a lot of people were hoping to see. Um, yeah. And so it's one of those things where I, it's a win-win for me. Either way, I'm, I'm okay with the result. What do you think? Do you think Cody keeps it or do you think Sammy wins it back? I think Cody keeps it. I think this is uh, something that's for the long haul. I just don't know what you do with Sammy afterwards. And, like, listen, Sammy Guevara is living his best life, okay? So. Okay, yeah, we don't need to. But yeah, yeah. 
he, he he's enjoying himself. I don't think he's too upset about his pro wrestling position right now. So he's making it pretty clear there. what's going on. They um, both are. Yeah, both right. Are. Right, right. For sure. I'm not. Well, I'm not blaming. I'm not. I'm. Yes, yes. It's. They're both happy. Congratulations yeah. to both. And that's of their them. own personal lives, man. It's just like that's just. Yeah, they look oh, like they're very happy. I, I just think that they should possibly bring that to TV. I yeah. think that I think that that would be interesting dynamic. I don't think that. Um, her being in the dark order doesn't necessarily fit much right now. And I just think her and Sammy could be much more interesting on TV. And let's be honest, there's some people that have a problem with them being together. So why not just really egg those people on and get some heat for it? I think that that would be a, a good thing. It's like, I can't remember we talked about it last week, but it, it's this example, but it's like, uh, it's like Matt Hardy or uh, yep. Edge and Lita kind of, right? Like just like the kind of, those kind of vibes where it's like, we didn't like y'all getting together because like we, we saw like we saw Sammy get engaged on television to somebody yeah. else. So it's like you deceived us, like you made us believe that in, in like you were actually with her in real life and like that's kind of messed up, but like it's also none of our business. But like I think that it just makes people feel a little uncomfortable and that probably would, would be good for television, kinda like the Lita and, and Edge stuff was. Like, and what's crazy is it, imagine, like, for the people that didn't watch that at that time, imagine if Pam, who Sammy was previously engaged to, was a wrestler. That's, that's what happened. Like, they're all backstage and they're all really, like, not, not fans of each other. And then they put that out there on TV. Like, it was amazing. I loved that feud. And we're still talking about it like it was, Yesterday, that thing was like 15, 20 years ago. I don't even know how long it was. 2006, maybe something like that. So, yeah, I mean, wild. So it does kind of give you that vibe. The only thing is, though, is like we didn't necessarily see Sammy and Pam together all the time on TV. Like we grew up with Matt and Lita. Like she was Team Extreme. Right. Like you as a fan almost felt betrayed as well. It was a, it was a, it was definitely a different dynamic. Oh, I agree. Greatest fight, fight this of all time. Yeah. One of the greatest fight this of all time. Um, loved that. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not comparing the two in that sense. I'm just saying like, it's something that, yeah, yeah. Like, like you know that they did something a little dirty and it's like, you know, cause like I, you can just tell this thing's been going on for a little bit. And, and like I said, happy for them. They're, they're happy. They, they, they're, it's all good. But, uh, I do think it would be fun to bring it out on TV. And Tony Khan likes their tweets when they're posting pictures and stuff together. So I don't think that he has a problem with it. And if he doesn't have a problem with it, then I think you can definitely go for it. So, yeah, I know we had some super chats. There was one like earlier that I don't want to, forget about and i can answer it very quickly but it was about the build for lashley and lesnar oh yeah michael john what shout outs to michael john um patriots are in the playoffs facing the bills is what it looks like it's going to be so that should be an interesting one uh definitely could go either way so good luck to you and your patriots um and that's i'm so over week 17 like it's just dumb. Like, there's so many of these games are just pointless. Let's just get to the playoffs. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. No, I'm not. Really. <laughs> like, are, are you are you looking forward to the next No, game? I'm just saying. Well, no, I'm, not, I'm just like, the, our season's over. So I'm just like. Right. That's what I'm saying, though. So, <laughs> yeah. like, are, 
Are you are you excited at all to watch them, even though no. the season is over, or no. are you ready to just be done? The only interest I have is like I hope the Vikings play all their backups. Like there's no need to play anybody that's like super valuable to the team. And, yeah. And, and, like yeah, let's just let's see how good Kellen Mond is. Let's see nope. how good our, no, I've our. seen I've seen him in practice. I know that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> and the thing is, like, if he sucks, we need to know that now. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause we need yeah. to prepare for a future without Kirk Cousins if he doesn't stick around past next season. Um, but as far as the, uh, the build for Lashley and Lesnar, I, I think at some point, Paul Heyman, because he's the only one in that company who has like, I don't know what the right word is. I'm not going to say the balls cause that's not really the right term I'm going for, but like he'll say stuff that you know either wasn't really approved or like he has the approval to kind of go farther across the line than most people do in his promos. And I think he'll bring up like, this is UFC versus Bellator at some point. Like, I think that would be pretty cool way to sell the fight is like, these are two legit MMA fighters that are also, you know, wrestling world champions in, in, in professional wrestling that have never fought each other before. We never got to see it in the UFC. We never got to see it in the Bellator, but we're getting to see it at the Royal Rumble. Like, that's kind of, and I think the the kind of overhanging story of this entire thing, obviously, is it's two big dudes who have a lot of similarities in a lot of ways, and they've never wrestled each other one-on-one before, and we've known of each guy for, like, two decades at this point. So, like, it, it's kind of a dream match, but it, it, but also in the worlds of, like, MMA and pro wrestling. So that's kind of how I think it'll be, how it should be built, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's shocking that this match hasn't happened yet. So I just think... Better late than never. My my biggest thing though is is if you don't treat Lashley like he's almost the equivalent to Brock, this thing is just gonna fail. So is this just a one and done Royal Rumble match? Brock Brock beats him and then we're on to WrestleMania, or is this something that's gonna linger on to the point to where we might actually have like a triple threat or something to that matter? I'm not saying Lashley's as good as Brock. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is is that. Is this just a one-month feud pay-per-view, or is this going to be something to where, like, Brock has finally met close to his equal, and it's going to be a war? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think I think it'll be more of, like, what you said about more of, like, a one-time, like, this is... Because for whatever reason, they haven't ever done it to this point. So for whatever Agreed. reason, Vin, Vince, like, you know what I mean? And, you, you and I honestly... I honestly feel like they finally just gave in to the fans. Like, I don't even know. Like, first of all, this match wasn't even supposed to happen, right? Because Roman tested positive. And then... For COVID, threw, by the way. Right. Just for the right. record. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you know. But then they yeah. they do that, and then um, they throw Brock into this match. If, the, if, if Brock doesn't get thrown in this match, what happens? Right, yeah, I think Big E leaves as the champion, and then I don't know what they do at the Royal Rumble. Maybe it was going to be Big E and Lashley or something. I I don't know. Well, um, I mean, why why did Big E have to take the pin? Well, that's another thing, and I know that wrestling fans, especially with like kind of the week that they had been having, like were really yep. not stoked to see that happen either. Um, and like, do you dude, think the WWE is not aware of the surrounding? that are going on or do you think they really just don't care or they just like to antagonize in general and be like, Hey, they're already pissed off about this. Let's really give it to them. All, all of the above. I think 
Like, yeah, it, you know, I, like I just don't think they're it. that. I don't think they're that out of the loop. I'll just say that. Right. Well, my thing is also like, how do you, how I put this? Like, Omos is gonna win the title. Okay, so like. You know, whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing is up to your own opinion of what you like about wrestling. But it's like, a very bad thing. But I, I think it's pretty clear that like Big E, for instance, is like a much better wrestler and a way more entertaining. And, and he was, to his credit, he was out there at like the boxing mat, the big boxing matches, yep. doing the intros and like getting out to college football and like, he was doing what the absolute best he could to, to be the biggest star he could outside of that company for that company. Like I don't take anything away from Big E at all in any of this. And none of this is his fault at all. Like any of the negativity I have towards any of it has nothing to do with him. My thing is like, I think that they're, they're on their way to like, to put an Omos in one of those big spots and the way that the WWE operates, it's just going to kind of be like, they've chosen Omos and he's going to be the one to either, it'll be either, It'll be, it'll be one big, like, kind of, like, shift one way or the other. It's either going to be, WWE lets him have a few more of these, like, big-time matches. Like, he wrestled AJ last night, and like I said, I watched a few minutes of it, uh, like, through Twitter clips, and it, he isn't, he isn't good, that's for sure, but, like, he isn't, he could be worse, but, like, how, what is the WWE going to do? Are they going to look at this and be like, Okay, let's let's go all the way with this guy, even though he has very very limited ability in the ring. Or do we just go back to like Big E in a spot like that, and Lashley and and like Drew and these guys? Like you know, we we have guys that are way better that are like 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 are good to go right now. Like so, I don't I don't know. I'm in. Tr- I just see it all. I I think one. I honestly think one of these two things will happen. Either. Omos will basically be used as a vehicle to put Brock even more over. Like Brock will be like Brock F5ing Omos is like a visual that I think the WWE would love to have to just one clips of. Yeah. But does Omos beat Brock Lesnar? <laughs> Cause like, I think that's possible too. I think it's possible. Like I don't think Brock will lay down for the guy though. I <laughs> think he'd be like, no, nope, I'm not losing. I'm sorry. Like I'll lose to Lashley. I'll lose to Big E. I'll lose to, Owens even like uh, but no dude like I'm not taking a pin from these guys know what he's doing still well like what I could see <laughs> happening is Omos winning the Royal Rumble and then yeah. facing Bobby Lashley in like a number one contendership or something or Big E I could see him versus Big E potentially one or the other and, yeah and then it, it, that's man but that's like mania like yeah. that's gonna be a mania match like I, that's awful like that, that I just, no, no, thank you. You know, it's also possible that they do Lashley and Lesnar at the rumble. Like, like they've announced and Roman, the Usos bunch of stuff happens to where they cost Roman the match. So like less, so like Lashley wins the world title at, at the Royal rumble. You mean they cost Lesnar the match? Sorry, sorry. Cost Lesnar. And then Lashley's the champion at the Royal Royal, like wins the title. And then it's Lashley versus Omos or, or like whoever at WrestleMania. And it's still Brock versus Roman, but for just one of the titles, I feel like that's more likely. Cause I just don't see them like actually doing title versus title or ending the brand split and stuff. But like, that's what I want them to do. Uh, but I could see them having, cause like, if you got to have Brock lose to anybody, 
Lashley's probably the most credible guy you could find on that roster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and Kogan has a good uh, point too. Give Heyman an MVP promo battles. I, I, like, I that. like that idea. I'll, yep. That's a good call, Kogan. That that's that'll be good stuff. Um, what other super chats we got? Good questions. So thoughts on potential Osprey versus Okada from Vince Valentine? I appreciate it, bud. Uh, thanks for the super chat. Um, uh, and it's not a potential now; like it's happening, right? Osprey tonight. versus Okada tonight, right? Yeah, I um, haven't watched. I haven't watched hardly any of Wrestle Kingdom yet. Like I, I watch. I stayed up to watch the Rambo because I just love watching guys like Takamichi Noku and stuff like still out there doing it. But like, uh, I haven't seen really any of the matches. I, I saw some clips of Shibata. That was cool. Yeah, I saw some clips of Shibata. Um, I haven't been able to watch it. I mean, like, I go to work in the morning, so I'm coming home, and they yeah, had no time for that. So uh, <laughs> I I, I don't think Osprey is going to win at all. I really want him to. But, uh, yeah, our intro video is going to be a little outdated after tonight, tomorrow, tonight, whatever. Um because uh yeah, I don't I don't think Osprey's gonna win. If he does win though, like that's huge. He hasn't beat Okada. That would be a huge, huge win for him. And it makes me kind of wonder what plans they have. But to me it's like the whole point of getting Osprey out of Japan, still being able to wrestle on like New Japan strong and him holding that title and all that stuff, like now you can finally get the title off of Osprey. You can officially make Okada the guy again and just move on and just deal with Osprey in other ways if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just hope it's a good match at the end of the day. Like I'm expecting Okada to win. But, yep. I, uh, I, I'm <laughs> hoping for like, Big time match of the year type candidate match. That's what I'm hoping to see. Absolutely. New Japan really needs it. They really need it. So I hope I hope they're able to go out there and do that. And um, I don't know if you saw, but Okada said that he wanted to face CM Punk and uh, Brian Danielson. And then CM Punk tweeted out the address to the United Center. So yeah. that looks like that that's a possibility for all out. If they wanted to do that in Chicago, um, that's wild. So, yeah, what a Okada, world. Okada versus CM Punk at All Out, I think, definitely sells out in Chicago. So that would that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they if they're able to do that match, you you do that match. <laughs> so, Kogan with the super chat, appreciate it, Kogan. Uh, since it's January 4th today, do you guys have memories of watching Foley win the title while WCW did the finger poke of doom? Also, Happy New Year's. Thank you. Happy New Year's to you as well. Yes, Happy New Year's. Um, I was watching WCW at that time. Like, I was full on in WCW mode. I mixed things up with, like... Uh, was that the same night that like Hogan was running for president? Like he announced that he was running for president and then like, it was so bizarre. It was, was right like, around what? the same time. I can't remember if it was the same. And then I know not. there was time where like they kidnapped Flair and they took him to the woods. It, it, it was like around yeah. that same type of stuff. And uh, it, I just remember them doing <laughs> Nash and Hogan and, and then like for them to reunite the NWO, like, I had no problem with the finger poke of doom just because that was so NWO. 
Like that was such an NWO thing to do. And I was an NWO fan. So I'm just like, yeah, they're back together. This is great. You know, um, looking back on it now, I could definitely see the issues with it. But at the time I was, I wasn't even watching raw really, even when they said that Foley was going to win the belt. Like, WCW still had my attention pretty good at that point. And it was starting to fade a little bit. And I don't even think, like, after a year later, I wasn't even watching WCW. So, I mean, it definitely changed, like, quickly. But um, that was that was one of the shifts, right, when Foley won. And if you go back and watch when Foley won, I mean, just the crowd is so loud. Such a huge moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember... It to a certain extent, but it wasn't one of those where like Shivani says, "Hey, Foley wins the title," and then you go in and you check on it. Like I didn't, I didn't care enough. I was, I was full on WCW at that moment. Yeah, I was full WCW as well. I, I can't remember if I switched over at any point. Like, I'm sure I did because I was always going back and forth. Like I kept it on Nitro, and then yeah. I remember yeah. we had like a one of those like. Now that's revolutionary again, picture in picture, just ask uh, JR. It's his favorite thing in the world. But I remember, like, there was a, I had a pretty big TV and, like, a little square I could put the other show on. So I think I remember, like, fully, like, celebrating, like, with the belt and, like, turning it on and being like, oh, that's pretty cool that, like, Mankind's the champion. Like, you know, kind of good for him kind of thing. But, like, I was way more invested in what WCW was doing. Um, and, like, the finger poking tomb, it's funny because I was such a mark for, the wolf pack, especially at that time that like, I was kind of like just confused by the whole thing. I was like, wait, they're all together now again. Like what? But it wasn't anywhere near the confusion. And like the, like I knew it was over with like the silver and black NWO started. And I was like, all right, like it's, it's like NWO it's done. <laughs> like, like this, like this isn't cool anymore. But at the, but at the finger poke of doom time, it was still pretty cool. But yeah, in hindsight, it's way worse, though, when you know all about, like, basically it was just a vehicle to get the belt back on Hogan without him having to beat Goldberg again for whatever reason. So, like, I don't know. But I remember that yeah. very well. Well, and I, I remember after it was over, I was like, is Hogan still running for president? Right. Who <laughs> <laughs> really thought he was? I, I did, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think Jesse Ventura um, was like the governor of Minnesota. <laughs> and I was just a dumb kid. I was like, I'll vote for him. Like, hell yeah, Hulk Hogan, you know, like not knowing anything and what he believed politically or anything. But I, I was just like, yeah, sure. Why not? But um, yeah, I, that's what I remember, though, is like he came out he announced he's running for president. And then he like ended up getting into a, an argument with Kevin Nash, had the match, and then like the NWO was reunited or whatever. And I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. I like it, you know. <laughs> and then they started Turned doing up. when it was like it was like the half. black, white, and red like yeah, colors. It was like half. It was like right, half and right. half. Yeah, yeah. It looks more like the LWO than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Honest. Oh, that's when they were just starting to just, you know, it got, the, the NWO lasted so much longer than it should have. And there really should have been a backup plan. But like, yeah. I really like, no matter what, I just think it was their fate to go out of business. I think even if they were doing big business, I still think that they probably would have been like, at least TBS would have moved on and they would have had to go somewhere else or something like that. But it's just almost like, it was just like, uh, 
they just wrote it till the wheels fall fell off, but it was like destined to fail. Same thing with ECW, really. That's what makes AEW interesting in a way because it's not built to fail. Like you don't even think in your mind that they're gonna fail. It's just like, yeah, this will work. This is good. Yeah, this has a future. Oh yeah, I see like 15 guys on the roster that could be main eventers in the next 10 years. Like, yeah, this is this is great. You know, like it's just ran completely different. Yeah, whereas, like, back then with WCW, all the people that, like, I was getting behind as a fan were all just leaving for the WWF because WCW wasn't doing anything with them. Like, no matter what they were doing, like, it was inevitable that, like, if you don't have a new generation of stars ready to go, like, this isn't going to last much longer. Yeah. Um, and and if yeah. you're not willing to use those generation stars, because if you go back to TNA, I mean, they had them. They just didn't use them. They kept choosing to use old guys instead. You know, yeah. same same WCW playbook with the same wrestlers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, and I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but it seems like Impact and New Japan are definitely going to be working together again because they're on Access and Impact owns Access, so uh, they're back on that station. So I could definitely see New Japan being a part of Impact a lot. So. That would help their roster, but I really feel like New Japan needs to really focus on AEW because that is going to really propel them to the next level if they can land in that that group. Yeah, but I do think that New Japan and Impact, that'll be mutually beneficial. Like, I think it'll benefit Impact more probably because if they have access to some, like, the bigger New Japan names. But I think some crossovers would be really cool to see, like, Ace Austin in New Japan or, like, you know what I mean? Like, Josh Alexander and stuff. Like, there are people that could really help New Japan, especially also. guys that maybe aren't able to be like promoted as much. Like if you put Trey Miguel in the um best of Super Juniors in like a tournament or something like that, he could really make a name for himself in something like that to where like it would help them a lot. So I, I definitely think that's a good idea. Yeah. Next super chat we got. Jeff's kid 96. Appreciate it. Um, any chance of an upset where Ruby beats Jade for the TBS belt? I don't think it's out of the question. I just think her whole that bitch show TBS, like it just seems like it's meant to be. She's never lost a match. She, and, and that's another thing, like with the whole swole argument, it's just the fact that like, yeah, it, they didn't pick you, but like they clearly pick her. You know what I mean? So it's not like there isn't anybody representing her that that at all. So I, I think that Jade is in a good spot. Jade is uh Jade looks like a million bucks. I actually thought her Thunder Rosa match was pretty good. I didn't think it was that bad, and I thought she did well. And we just never have seen like her height, her weight. It's like China, but really tall. And I just think she has a lot of potential. Like if she continues to get better. I think she has a lot of potential and she's a very believable champion. So I'm, I'm all for Jade winning Ruby. I mean, I think she's been pushed since day one. I think she's gotten a lot of uh, airtime. I think Tony Khan is a big fan of her. So it wouldn't shock me if she won um, either way. I think he would be okay with whoever wins the title. So uh, yeah, I, I think, but I think Jade's going to win. Yeah. I agree with all that. Like it wouldn't completely shock me for Ruby to win. Uh, she's been, They've used her, I think, really well since she's come to AEW. I mean, she's been she's been better used in AEW in the short time she's been there than her entire WWE run combined, probably. Like, um, but 
Yeah, I think you got to go with Jade, especially with like the link to like Shaq and stuff. And like there's like NBA and, and everything with TBS. And you know what I mean? Like I feel like in TNT and Turner, like I feel like I feel like we haven't seen the last of Shaq and like other like big time names from the sports world. And like Jade is a great link to that. If like they're coming in and like teaming with Jade and stuff on TBS. And like I just feel like there's a lot of really cool stuff that they can do with her as the champion. And credibility wise, like, yeah, she's green in the ring, but she's constantly improving, which is like, that's the whole point is like, she's getting better and better. And she looks like she could kick pretty much anyone's ass on that show. Like I'm like gender out the window. Like, I mean, she looks like she can beat up a lot of the male wrestlers. Like if I'm, if I'm keeping it real, like just one-on-one. I I would, I wouldn't want to fight her. No way. She'd kick my ass. Absolutely. Like, so, and I've seen her in person, remember? I mean, I've been right next to her. Like, she looks like she can kick some ass. So, like, I I think that, and that's, once again, kind of one of the, I don't want to go back down this rabbit hole at all, but, like, just to reiterate, when it came to, like, because some people kind of said this to me as well, because they know I'm really big on Jade Cargill, and they'd be like, well, I mean, Swole's, Big Swole is better than Jade Cargill. And I'd be like, that's true. Like technically speaking, like I think from like, from bell to bell at this point in their careers, Swole is a better wrestler. But if we're talking like potential and the fact that like Swole had an indie career and then a few years in WWE in AEW and like she just hadn't, I think in Tony Khan's eyes, I don't think she had just like progressed and gotten better to the point where that she that he wanted her to be at. Jade, they have so much time still to make Jade what they want Jade to be like it, we haven't seen her for years. We've seen her for a very short time, but the, the time that she spent on the TV, she's, she comes off like a star. When you go to AEW shows live and she comes out, she gets a big reaction. Like she, she is a star for that company's future. Um, Swole well, could and be too, if, if oh, I want to put this out there too, I've said yeah, it before. Yeah, yeah. I think if Swole were to go to impact and be like the knockouts champion there for like a year, she could come back to a company like AEW or go to the WWE or whatever and be like a main eventer right away. Like if she, we've seen it happen with plenty of wrestlers that like had a lot of potential and just like Drew McIntyre with his first WWE run, you could tell they wanted to do big things with him. He just wasn't quite ready for whatever reason. He left and when he came back, main eventer on NXT immediately. I mean, that was his in, in the case for him and Jinder Mahal. There's a lot. There's a lot of people we can do that for. Yeah. Um. Um. Jinder, because like I said, Jinder Mahal was the same as that case. Like he came back yoked, and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, but like, but, here, here's here's just the honest criticism. Like, this has nothing to do with any of the other stuff. Like, I'm a fan. I'm sitting in the crowd. Big Swole's music comes out. Swole swole and you're all like all right yeah i like her energy she's all like really vibing she's in the crowd's all into her she goes in the ring and the crowd that was dancing and that was all behind her by the end of her match they're just like all right have a good one you know because she wouldn't lay it in she would not lay it in like me and bill would constantly be like dude please just hit her you're like totally no you're you're like "Mm, you won't you need to contact. She wouldn't do it. And she just came across, across like really soft. And if your name is Big Swole, which I think was a horrible name for her because I totally agree. It didn't fit. It didn't fit her wrestling style like at all. So I think that was the issue too. So just, just as a fan, just honest critique, like 
if you went in there and you really look like you were in a fight, if you really look like you were trying to lay it in and actually like aggressively win your match, that would be one thing, but that's not happening. This is the same criticism I have for Sonny Kiss. Sonny Kiss is the same way. Like she, he, um, she goes by he or she, like, he, yeah, the, the I, I'm timer, not, yeah. either yeah. way, but, but like the, it's very um, dance-esque. It doesn't look like they're actually in a fight, which I, I thought the Joey Janela match was good because it was like a street fight. Like, you had to be, like, in a fight. So that could also be AEW's fault as well because they're maybe not giving her the right feedback or the right uh, criticism or whatever. But just as a fan, what I noticed, it just – it never connected there to where she looked like a serious threat and – her wrestling style matched her name. So yeah. that, that was one thing for me. Well, like, imagine, like, never watching AEW before. Like, you tune in for the first time, and you're seeing a match. It's And in the ring, you you don't know the names of either, but in the ring, you see Big Swole versus Jade Cargill. Like, you would, like, you would right. think that Big Swole was Jade Cargill. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, so it's just, it just doesn't. The name, I never liked the name. I've said that for literally for years on various podcast platforms. Nothing against Big Swole as a person, obviously. It's just I didn't think she's not particularly big. She's not particularly swole. It just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, and I wanted and I wanted to like her. I wanted to support her because I like her husband, Cedric Alexander. But yeah. I just I just was like, yeah, that ain't it. And so whenever and I, I'm serious, I went to three live dynamites. She was at all three of them. Like she had plenty of opportunities and uh, it just, it just didn't work. Like it's that simple. Yeah. Is Cedric still in the WWE? Yeah, he is probably yeah. not for long, but you know, he, he's probably in their next batch. Who knows? Like, uh, no I have no idea. Not, I... not saying that he doesn't deserve it. He, he, right. He's great. I think Cedric's great. Yeah. This this is ridiculous, by the way. I didn't, you, I didn't know I didn't know about this at all. I didn't either at all. But thank you, Chris, for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Um, but and it's not your question that's ridiculous. I just if this is true, I I'm just so over this stuff. I really am. Evening guys. So if I'm understanding this right, the woke brigade on Twitter is trying to cancel Hangman because he liked a Merry Xmas post on Instagram from Marty Scroll. Really, like, come on, like. They're they're still friends. I hate to break it to you guys. They're still friends. They are, and it it just is what it is. And they try to keep it up. They would love to do much more than what they do to make sure that they don't get enough backlash for it. But at the end of the day, they're still friends. He was a big part of being the elite. Um, I feel super sorry for Marty. He's I I saw an interview with him in Puerto Rico, and it was just like, it's just like, hey, this is this is like all I can get right now, you know, like it's not him actually saying that, but yeah. it's him basically saying that. And like, he can only wrestle in Puerto Rico. I mean, imagine being one of the hottest free agents in the world. And now you can't find a job anywhere but Puerto Rico. And by doing something that was legal in the country that you did it, like I understand maybe it wasn't the right or the most thing. And I, and we don't know all the details. There may be something far worse that never came out, but it just, it sucks. It's been a long time now. I, I really wish we could see Marty on the mainstream again. He, like I said, just because he was a huge part of BTE. Um, I understand the, uh, I even forgot about his freaking name. Um, 
Joey Ryan, I understand that one. You know, he was a big part on BT for a little bit. Nothing like Marty, though. And I understand why Joey Ryan is canceled. I understand why Austin Starr is canceled or whatever whatever he was. Um, I, I get some of these, but but the Marty one is a little weird to me. And I almost feel like if Ring of Honor would have stuck by Marty and just used him, like this thing would have blown over. But by suspending him, releasing him, it's like you can't touch him with a 10-foot pole now. So, but to, to And the thing is, too, is Adam is such a – he's a good dude. He believes in a lot of the same, like, liberal point of views. Like, you're barking up the wrong tree going after Adam Hangman Page. Like, this is stupid. Yeah, I I don't really – I don't have, like – I haven't seen that or anything, but I'm, you know, I'm not surprised, I guess, that – I don't know. It's like you said, like that, that's a whole other conversation in itself, but I, you know, the two of them are friends, so it shouldn't really be that surprising. Um, This happens with, you know, with really everyone who's been in his shoes too. Like um, there are, yeah, I don't want to get into all of it, but it's one of those things where like, I, yeah, I, I, it's not, it's not surprising to me that Hangman would have liked one of Marty Scrolls tweets. But it and also... that could be like just total accident, right? He's just your friend. Merry Christmas. You like it. And then you're like, oh, crap. That's right. Marty has heat with a lot of people. I probably shouldn't have done that. You know, like, I, I don't yeah. know. Or he might, like, have looked at his people... phone, he might have looked at his phone for a while and been like, man, I want to support my friend because, like, I still, like, don't really know. Like, you might, like, because Hangman might know stuff we don't too i mean i don't know right but like right. but then he's also like he's like i want to support my buddy and like wish him a merry christmas or whatever but like i know that people are like he has to know that if he hits that button that like someone's gonna see that and, and make it a big deal on social media so like i i don't know that's why i always err on the side of like just not saying anything or not doing anything about a lot of this because at the end of the day i think it just you can literally never win, uh, no matter I, what. I agree so. with that. You're never going to please everyone, and it, there's never – it just it just goes so far. And But, I mean, at the same point, if you're Adam Page, like, do what you want. You know what I mean? You're the, you're the, head, you're the top guy in the company right now. You're the champ. If you want to say shout-out to your friend, then it is what it is. It's not like he's, like – on Twitter begging Marty to get a chance to get back into pro wrestling or anything like that. He wished he liked the thing that wished him a Merry Christmas. Like, calm down, stupid. I'm going to have to go on Twitter and look at that nonsense. Can't wait to hear your thoughts about it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think this is about as much as you're going to hear about it. Like I, I, like I said, you can only fight for so long. Right. And, like, this is what's happening. What's going to happen, I'm telling you right now, is Getter started, which is, like, the I think the Trump uh, social media thing that basically promotes free speech and all these people that are getting kicked off of Twitter are going to go to Getter. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to start – each person's going to have their own echo chamber, right? Like, Twitter is going to be for one political party. Gitter is going to be for the other political party. And I didn't think much about Gitter because we've seen all these other, but Joe Rogan signed up. For Joe Rogan to sign up, who gets 11 million views per show, by the way, um, that that was big. That really shows that, like, oh, this platform might be here to stay. So 
just keep that in mind that like if somebody gets kicked off somewhere, they're going to go somewhere else. And it's just, it, but it's not healthy. It's not healthy for each of us to have our echo chambers and like not being able to talk to one another and hear both sides, hear both points of view. Because if you're only hearing your side of view, it's only going to radicalize you. Like that's all it will do. So, Michael Young, following the match last week on Dynamite, where do you see the storyline going with Adam Cole, the Bucks, and Red Dragon? Um, first of all, Kyle O'Reilly was badass. It just it, it feels like the old Kyle O'Reilly is back. Um, and, you know, like, I didn't pick up on stuff like that. Like, I didn't pick up on Brian Danielson's wrestling style, like, in WWE, until he started talking about how, like, Vince... He was the forever the underdog, so he could never be aggressive. He could never be, like, the guy that would be, like, the dominant, uh, you know, assault striker or whatever. And now that you're watching it in AEW, it's like, oh, wow, yeah, like, this is the ROH Brian Danielson. And I feel the same way with Kyle, like, the violent artist. And as soon as he shows up, like, it's just forearms and kicks to your face and, you know, like, right back to what Kyle was. Um, because I remember seeing Kyle O'Reilly live in ROH and just being like, dude, this dude's like Van Damme out here. Like <laughs> he's doing, he's doing like Mortal Kombat sweeps and like flying knees and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Like I loved Kyle O'Reilly. So, um, I'm really excited. Plus I liked like he wanted to talk to Adam Cole in the back and like they're, they're still showing that there's tension that they still actually did wrestle in NXT. This isn't like just we're going to act like nothing ever happened and we're happy kumbaya. So so that's interesting to me too. Overall, though, if you're going to really give the fans what they want to see, I think it makes sense to do the Undisputed Era versus the Elite. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I really liked the uh, – I really liked how O'Reilly was – he was standing there – with the Bucks and with Fish and kind of one by one, like the Bucks, he was like, I got to talk to Adam here. We got to talk about some stuff. And like the Bucks went away and then like Bobby's still kind of hanging out there. And they're like, Bobby, you too, man. Like we got to, like this is between the two of us. And then it was like, I haven't listened to it, but I, I know that they talked about, I know like Alvarez and those guys talked about it because I saw like a clip on YouTube, but I just haven't listened. But I saw that the title with something along the lines of like AEW is continuing NXT storylines, which I was like, that's super true. And I think that's awesome that they're doing that. Like even yeah, Alex smart, even Malachi black, like the evolution of like how his like that, like growth on his face, like the, yep. the paint keeps getting larger and larger, but that yep. started with his eye being screwed up, like in the WWE, like, you know what I mean? I, I, so I really like how they are, acknowledging stuff because the majority of the fan base is aware of the history of these wrestlers. So like you're not completely insulting our intelligence of everything you've done pre AEW. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I, I think that's where you have to go with this too, for, for dance with the super chat. I think you do uh, the elite versus undisputed and they'll have to figure out a name for undisputed. I, I think Adam Cole said something he said something on the other day that sounded like it could be the name of a of a group. I can't remember what he said though. Um but uh but yeah, that that's that's what I think you do initially. And then 
there's so many stories that can spread from there. I mean, we could even get some stuff with Cole and um, O'Reilly as Future Shock at some point as a tag team. Yeah. Like, I mean. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. I would so, be all for that. Do you think WWE's dumb enough to release Roderick Strong? I don't think, well, yeah, I do, actually. I don't know how long he's signed for, but, like. I heard he signed just recently, like, maybe yeah. last year or something, so he's there for a while. But, like, if you're doing budget cuts and you're looking to, you know, move on. But I, I like, think he he also might have re-signed before his wife got released. Yeah. Which, like, you know, might also kind of expedite the process for him. Kind of similar to, like, uh, Scarlet and Cross and uh, uh, Morrison and and uh, Scarlet or uh, Kaya. Kaya. Um, yeah. But uh, and I'm not necessarily saying like if you lose your job, so should your spouse and vice versa. But like I think that when that kind of stuff happens, it leads to tension potentially within you and the company, where you're like, you just fired my wife right after I resigned with your company. Like, yeah. I don't want to be here anymore now. Like, what yeah. the hell is that? Well, it's interesting. I was listening uh, before the show. I was listening to Cross and um, Scarlett on Renee's show, Oral Sessions. And she, uh, he basically said that he was relieved when he found out that, like, Scarlett was released the same time as he was. Like, that they both were released together. Because it was going to be issues if, like, one or the other was, you know, kept. So... It, it, it does make you wonder, like, how that's viewed. And would Roderick have re-signed if, like, his wife wasn't ever, like, you know, if he knew that she was going to get cut and stuff like that. But I, I just don't see the point in him being in NXT anymore. I just don't. And I don't see the point of Ciampa being there. But, I mean, man, if they release Roderick and you literally give them all four of the Undisputed Era, all four uh former ring of honor uh champions maybe bobby lashley wasn't or i mean uh bobby freaking fish maybe he wasn't he, i know he was like all the other belts though um if, if you do that in ring, in ring of honor is that what you're saying yeah yeah he yeah, never yeah, won yeah. the world title but he won the tv title tag titles yep. like yeah yeah, yeah yeah he was he, he had gold okay yeah. um if you do that like how stupid are you like that that is a huge get for AEW if you can bring the entire Undisputed Era into AEW. Yeah, I, I don't see much of a future for Roddy in WWE either. It's sad to say because his talent level has been there for like for forever. Um, I was never the biggest Roger Strong fan in, in Ring of Honor, but like I always respected his matches. Like he always he was always a great wrestler. Um, I just stiff. <laughs> yeah, stiff. And, and just and and he shared the ring with like all of the best indie guys like ever. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you can find if you go back and look for like your favorite matches of like most of the current top stars of wrestling. If you go on YouTube and look, I guarantee you all of those names have some sort of great match with Roderick Strong and Ring of Honor at some point. Like, um, I, they have him with you know the Diamond Mine, which. I love Malcolm Bivens, Stokely Hathaway. Like, I, I love that dude. I think yeah. he's a fantastic uh, 
talker. Like him as a manager is he's awesome. Who 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 would you put him together in like the main roster? Omos like, to get in somebody half a over. second. Omos immediately. Oh, you have you have the gigantic Omos next I mean, to the I little teeny tiny and he's the one talking all the trash. He to was this gigantic dude. He was the voice. I, I think it was him. I could be wrong though. I'm gonna take that back. It maybe was Prince Nana. It was when Moose was first introduced. He, somebody brought him in, and I think it was him or either Prince Nana. Yeah, because I was I there. Remember now? I honestly can't remember now because Moose was so green then. I can't remember. Um, but but you know he did great stuff with like. MJF and they called themselves the Dream Team. Like they were like the two best talkers together. I yeah. mean, just I mean, just yeah. Um, okay, how like, about this? A talented person that really needs a mouthpiece to take it to that next level. Who would you put in there with him? Like that isn't Amos. That um, isn't Amos. I said talented. Talent. <laughs> um, okay, Tony Khan. Geez, here we attack right? everybody's You're talent not good level enough. there. Um, Dunk on you. I think uh, someone that needs to get to the next level that that just is, that like isn't a good speaker or like good on the mic, I guess. In the WWE system, like that's what we're talking. Yeah. Um, I really I don't know. know. Like, he would have been great with Lashley, but, like, MVP does a great job with that. But Lashley's yeah. never been good on the microphone, so, like, he's always benefited from having a... Like, I thought, like, Leo Rush was great with Lashley, too. Do you try a Cesaro or something? I mean, it's been done so many times, but, like, do you think that that could work? That's a good one. I actually like that a lot. Um, because the problem with Heyman was, is it's like, if you're with Heyman, you are expected to be this certain level badass... Like, like a it didn't Roman, work for like a actual either and a right. Right. Like, like yeah, like right. It has to be a certain type, right? And to me, like if you put it with him, then it, 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 it the expectation isn't as high, and then it can just really like help elevate him because Cesaro needs somebody like that. I yeah, I like that a lot. I like that idea with Roddy. It's like. It's like you know, like now that he's lost the title and stuff, like it looks like they're gonna rebrand two hundred five live, like change the name or maybe get rid of it completely. Like it's, I think they're just gonna get rid of it. Yeah, probably. Um, but so it's just one of those things where, like, I just don't know where he fits in at all, really now, because it's like there's really no need for cruiserweights anymore, and they're in their eyes, they're shifting towards wanting, you know non-wrestlers and athletes and stuff that they can mold and like Roddy as amazing as he is in the ring Roddy is dead meat on Raw or Smackdown like he'll get jobbed out I mean look I always this is the example I normally give when someone's like thinks I'm being too harsh on the WWE like blah 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 I'm like look what they're doing with Ricochet like you don't know what to do with that guy you're not gonna know what to do with any of these guys like you know what I mean now with all the buzz that Ricochet had and all the stuff he can do that, that no one else can do and, like, they're just going to look at Roderick Strong and be like, oh, yeah, he's solid in the ring. He can take bumps and, uh, and you know, and, and sell moves. And, okay, we'll have him just – he's shorter than everyone, so he'll just go out there and lose everybody, make them look good. That'll yep. be his role. So, yep. Apparently, yeah. uh, Matt Jackson tested positive for COVID. So, he – the Bucks will be out of commission this week. We won't see them. 
but then they should be good to go next week. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Oh, I, I, want- I, I remember Nick has already had it, so I think yeah. Matt, that now they both will have it. <clears throat> Pierre Stokely and Ricochet says ECW Hardcore. That, that's I another like that. good one. I like that, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good one there, Jim. Um, I, uh, I wanted to throw this out there too, just because I thought about it. I talked about this yeah. a little bit today on, uh, I was on the Fightful Twitch earlier for uh, a few minutes in the afternoon with Joel and uh, Jeremy. And we were talking about GCW, which we'll talk a lot more about before Hammerstein. But yeah. we were talking about that because it was like, you know, homicides, number contender. It, it looks pretty clear that like Moxley is going to be there. And we're all kind of expecting Moxley to pop up on AEW like this week or next week. Like, I think he's going to be back soon. And, yeah. and I was like, so if they're going to do homicide and Moxley, which is looks like what they're doing, I was like, then who does Nick Gage wrestle? And I was thinking about it. And I was like, do they do him and Cologne for the ultra violent title? Like maybe like, that'd be pretty big. That'd be a good one. But are they, like, do you think that they're going to maybe do him and Cardona again? Cause that was a big match and all this stuff. Like, do they go to the outside and bring someone else in? Because like, as as huge as as like GCW is getting, and as over as their regulars are for a show like Hammerstein, I feel like they're gonna still try to sprinkle in some like big names from like elsewhere, like to really put this thing over the top. Like, what do you think about the idea of Jericho and Gage running it back in Hammerstein? Oh, oh I mean, I think that would be fantastic. I think it's gonna happen, but I yeah, think but- it would be fantastic. I think it's in the realm of possibility, though. Like, You know what I think it could be? And I don't think it's great, but you know what I think it could be? Is Gage versus Tremont. Oh, yeah, and Tremont. I, I, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, he did just come back recently to GCW. He's going to um, be at Houston. They announced him today. So I, they, I they have see... history, the two of them, like a long right. history, yeah. And in, in Hammerstein, like to me, that that one makes sense. It's a death match, like they're death match wrestlers. So, so that one makes sense to me if that's what they were gonna do. Yeah, they got to give Atticus a big spot. Like he he was getting yeah he was getting cheered see, over a lot of the baby faces last weekend. You see, Atticus is facing Matthew Justice. Well, like, uh, like this next, like this next show before Hammerstein is that in the Detroit? It's at the Detroit, Detroit show. I think Kevin Ash supposed to be at that, right? He is. He Hell is. yeah! Hell yeah! So um, here's another thing. What what the hell is Jeff Jarrett doing in GCW? Dude, I marked out so hard. They're gonna do GC. They're gonna definitely do Effie versus uh, Jeff Jarrett and Hammerstein. That's so awesome. But like, <laughs> so awesome. Is it? Yeah. Because I'm a You're little. Like, if it's a one and done, okay, it's fine. You know, I like AJ Cray was like, this is an F and TNA. Um, but like, what, what, what is, what is GCW going for? Is, I guess, my thing is like, are they just trying to be some just wild, crazy show that you just no clue what's (laughs) going to happen? It's just going to be like this, but like, Oh, Scotty Johanny killed it. ECW, yeah, hardcore. Right. Don't don't forget so, to say, yeah, yeah Scotty Johanny did kill it. That ruled. So we have Scotty Johanny and Joey Janela. We have Jeff Jarrett versus Effie. Um, you Ricky know, Morton will I, probably wrestle because he always kills it in GCW. Right, Ricky Morton. Uh, I mean, you know, I I I just don't know. I don't know. Like, part of me wants it to be more structured and like continue to get bigger and bigger. 
And then the other part is like, I understand it's just a fun show and they, it, it's worked this like for this long. So why change it? So I get both sides, but I just don't want it to be where it's like, you know, Billy Gunn showing up and just all these other people where it's like, dude, no, I don't want that. I'd rather have a bandito than like a Billy Gunn or something like that. It depends on how they're used and how good their matches are. Like Scotty Chuhati hadn't wrestled in six years and the WWE yeah. wouldn't clear him. And like, he right. clearly still wrestle. Like, like, um, I think he might have like, what I would do, I'd take Scotty Chuhati and I'd rebrand him S2H, very similar to how PCO did it. And just like go on like an indie run against like top guys and just see, like if he, Scotty Chuhati could have like a whole second career, like if he has a good indie run, which is crazy to say, but like he's still. You know super what's funny over. too? It's like that guy asked for his release. And I bet like the first call he made was like GCW. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, that's wild to me. Like, I want to get out of the WWE so I can wrestle a GCW. But I really think that that is, you know, because I saw Cross, too, where he was like, don't you think that I'm not, he's like, I'm not done with GCW or whatever. He he tweeted that out. So it's just like, there's, I, I just feel like it's going to, it, it's going to be pretty bizarre. There's going to be a lot of names where it's going to be like, what? Huh? And it's going to be like that all the time. If I was GCW, this is just me personally, I would, yeah. I'd bring in cross for blood sport events and that's yep. pretty much it. Um, yep. uh, but yeah, I mean like Scottie Juhati, he cut that promo after the match with Janela and he basically said what you said. Like he was like, I left my dream job with the biggest wrestling company of all time so I could get in here and wrestle the next generation of guys and like still prove that I can still go out here and do this and have fun and do, you know what I mean? Like, so he's talking about being like a career highlight. Yeah. Like the highlight of his career, you know, it's awesome. That's so, but then you got, you got Cardona too, right? Cardona said beating Nick Gage was the greatest moment in his career. And that's, you know, over winning the intercontinental title and WrestleMania and all that stuff. Like it, it just goes to show you that, that stuff means a lot to people. Yep. Another it's good not comment, just some throwaway show. Another good comment about Killer Cross from ECW Hardcore said uh, him and Scarlet in the House of Black. That I, I actually like that a lot. I I think I think Killer Cross is good as far as like he has a presence to him. I just don't think that he's best suited as like the main guy. But yep. if he's like if 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 it's Malachi Black is the leader and he has like Brody King to one side of him and Killer Cross to the other side of him and Scarlet next to Killer Cross. Like aesthetically that looks really cool. And him being more just like an ass kicker, like bodyguard type thing. I like a lot yeah. better him doing blood sport, but based on his NXT run, cause his NXT run, I would have to think would be similar in a lot of ways to AEW, not, not from the push standpoint, but from like the in ring standpoint where He's pretty basic. I'm not going to lie. Like, he's doing a lot of, like, back body drops and punches and kicks and stuff. Like, he's not what really... about, though, if he was, like, wrestling, like, AJ Gray in GCW? I mean, that'd be fun. Uh, so I, I think I think he could work for certain matchups. That, that's all I'm saying. Like, I, I wouldn't th- want him in a... And I wouldn't want him in just, like, some uh, random thing. But, like, if it's, like, 
hoss fight type match, like I think that that would be good, especially if they're both going to be stiff. Yeah, and that's another guy. Like I, I'm interested to see what AJ Gray does at Hammerstein because yeah, um, like they I might do like it. They might do AJ and Cardona. They might do a Cardona and AJ too potentially, like. Ooh. Cause, cause that, cause they have the, the link with both being, you know, involved with Effie and everything. Like, that'd be a good one. But yeah, they could do, they could do, uh, AJ and, uh, Justice as a tag. Are you, are sure. you happy with Blake, Christian, and Grisham? I think it'll be a good match. Um, yeah, I, I think, too. I think Blake Christian's really good in the ring. He missed his finish on the last show. It was kind of weak. Um, really? Like he did, he does the front flip double stomp and he just he just missed it. But he went back up top and did it. A I saw time. that. I actually saw that. Yeah. Um. I think there's still something missing with him a little bit. There's something like like the in ring is there. His promos I think are okay. Um. When he's talking though, like he's still gonna be the best in the world and all this stuff. Like it's just not believable. It's just not. Like yeah, you're good. You are good. I'm gonna give you that. But like, I don't look at you like that, that. And like, I feel like they're treating him like that, that. Because like, if you're going to get Gresham at Hammerstein, like to me, that that's almost like it's your equal. And I don't feel that way about him. I, you know, I, I think him and Gresham will have a really good match. I expect Gresham yeah. to retain and everything. But like, I'll leave it this way though. Just for example, um, if I had the choice, I would I would do this pushing everything with Alex Zane. I think Alex Zane is is more entertaining overall than Blake Christian is personally. Yep. I so, agree. And he and he's bigger too. People people sleep on Alex Zane's size. Like he's I a agree. big dude that wrestles so much like a cruiserweight that like you you don't realize how big he is. That that's why I'm so baffled with the WWE. Like yep. I know they screw up with a lot of people and their careers and stuff, but like Alex Zane I thought was gonna was gonna make it through because He's so damn entertaining and innovative, but on top of that, he's like six two or six three, or he's not a small guy. Um, so, so yeah. But but to answer your question though, I do think Blake Christian Gresham. Well, they will have a really good match. Um, but I think everyone's kind of expecting Gresham to to win. So, yeah, I like I said, it's not like I'm like, oh, that's crap. But I'm not like. Oh my god. Like when they first announced yeah. the match, people were like, Oh my god and it's just like, Yeah, that's good. It's cool. But I was more hyped to there. see him and Alexander for uh for Terminus announced. Like Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um I'll, I'll let me talk about this guy too. I know we're getting low on time, but um just one more another shout out. And this is this is a kind of like a theme, I guess, through for everything, um, with me and wrestling. My mind can be changed. Like I'm not, I don't take like a firm stance on one side or the other when it comes to pretty much anything. Because there, because people, like, there's, there's wrestlers that I'll watch and for a while and I'll be like, I just don't get it. Like, I, like, I don't, yep. I'm not feeling it. Like, but everyone else seems to and blah, blah, blah. My mind has been changed officially on Jimmy Lloyd. I that knew dude, that's exactly dude, what you were going to say. That dude, that, dude, exactly that guy rules, dude. Like, like I like I I always knew that there was something there, but like I just always felt like he was a bit overhyped. But over the last like three to six months, he's just been killing it to a point. And also, most of it, I mainly had been seeing him doing these like ultra violent death matches, yeah. and I didn't know how good he actually was like outside of that. And now I'm seeing him do a lot of the time. He still uses weapons and stuff, but like that dude's awesome. 
Um, so yeah, huge shout out to Jimmy Lloyd. Like I'm, I, I'm interested to see what he does at, uh, at Hammerstein. Like him and Ninja Mac have had some really good, just straight up matches with each other and stuff. Like, yep. um, he had I that was match. their last one. Nice. Yeah. I can't remember who he wrestled on the most recent GCW show, but I never seen somebody do, I, I retweeted the GIF of it, but it was like, he set up a chair, like you were going to sit in it. Yeah. So, and you know how like Raven would do the thing where they drop toe hold you into it. Yep. He picks he picks the dude up in a tombstone pile driver, but because of his height, he like had to jump up into the air to hit it on top of the chair. It just, it just looked awesome. It was like this guy, yeah. he's got rules. Like so, my brother, <laughs> my brother calls him where the wild things are because he looks like the yeah, like the the thing with like the beard and the hair and the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's I can see too. that. My brother doesn't know the name of any of these wrestlers, but he gives all of them nicknames after he's seen them enough times. And that's, I that's heard he was a, a a fan of Everett Connors or whatever for showing dude. up with his Care Bear freaking dude. Oh man, the drip, dude. Yeah, Everett Connors. So, so I I saw Everett Connors. I probably saw his first match ever in front of people years ago. Like, <laughs> if if not his first match, I mean, within his first two or three matches. Like, because I used to go to Glory Pro in St. Louis. And he was trained by Elgin and, like, those dudes in that area. So, like, in Glory Pro, for those of you who might not know, Michael Elgin, before all this stuff, then he's, like, not even involved in wrestling really anymore. But he he was training a lot of wrestlers that wound up being really good. And he owned Glory Pro Wrestling, which he basically used his school as a feeder into his own company. And Everett Connors was one of those guys. And there's a lot of others, like uh, like War Horse and Kurt Stallion. There's a lot of others. But, but – <laughs> Everett Connors, I watched this guy go from like a literal kid who had no gimmick, hardly any moves, like did, had no idea what he was, was clearly like super nervous out there. And yep. now he's out there with like blue hair and yep. wearing wearing teddy bears all over his overall. <laughs> Let me know, <laughs> you know. And he, and he's got this you know this hot girlfriend who does death matches and yeah. stuff. It's like it's like it's awesome. So like. And and I've seen Everett wear that stuff before, where he'll come out with the teddy bears on it, but he doesn't do it all the time. And I was so happy because my brother, I thought he was about to roast him. I was like, oh my god, what's he about to think of this dude? And my brother just looks at the screen, and just goes, drip. <laughs> <laughs> like he was immediately. He's like, this is the coolest guy on the whole show. I was like, that's why like, I know. That, I know. That is something that like Jake Paul would show up to at a party. Like, I feel yeah. like that, that that is something that he would do. Like, Sean O'Malley is going to rip that off and start wearing it. Oh, 100%. The like, 100%. Yeah. That's... ECW Hardcore says Nick Wayne is going to be special in the future. Totally agree. Best best 16-year-old wrestler I've seen in my life. That guy's incredible already. He's, he's only going to keep getting better. Third-generation wrestler. Yeah. Is there anything this week? Like East, uh, GCW or anything? No GCW. I'll be on the post show for Impact Hard to Kill for Fightful. Um, it'll be me okay. and Denise, me and Denise Salcedo. Um, so uh, so I'll be watching that and uh, giving my reactions to that right after the show. YouTube.com slash Fightful. Um, but they have like AEW and uh, and Impact is the same night. So on Saturday. not bad. Yeah, I'm torn. Um, cause here, here's my dilemma is I want to go to WrestleMania weekend. I'm looking at WrestleCon. 
I definitely want to meet Cardona. He's going to be there. Um, Ultimo Dragon's going to be there. That's, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Onita, <clears throat> Onita will be there. That's kind of cool. But it's like, man, like I don't really want to spend money, and then they're, you know, the whole mask thing, or they cancel, or there's like, you know, plexiglass or whatever weird crap they come up with, and then in uh, in January, at the end of January, Taker will be here, and then they just announced Ray Lewis to be here. So I'm torn on those, and they're like 200 bucks a piece. So I'm trying to like talk people into like splitting it with me. So like I'll be on one side, and they'll be on the other, and then I'll just crop them out. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm working with right now. And then I, I, I did get tickets to Loco today cause they just, they, they dropped some fire and I was like, oh, I gotta do it. Um, tell me what you think of this card. So it's Shane Taylor versus Hernandez. Like, um, like for like TNA Hernandez. Correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Marco Stunt versus, um, Joe Alonzo. Yeah. Uh, Dante Leon versus Akira. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, Chris Carter versus Will Allday. Okay. Um, Ninja Mac versus Ricky Reyes. Like, I haven't seen Ricky Reyes wrestle since, like, Ring of Honor days, so I have no idea if he's still good. Or... I'm trying to remember who that is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. I feel like I haven't seen him in a while. He was on Lucha Underground. Um... But yeah, right. Ninja Mac is wrestling him. Mickey Knuckles versus Sadika in a death match, which <laughs> has some real heat. I mean, real heat. Like, Mickey Knuckles hit Sadika right in the head with a chair, no hands, like, blasted her. And then took her wig and her mask and then said that she took a crap on it. And, like, they hate each other. And, like, it was so real to the point to where people thought it was real and she was actually getting kicked out of the building. So they built this thing pretty good, and that'll be a death match. Um, and then ASF is on the card. He's facing somebody I've never heard of, but that's on there. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty all over the place, but it, it definitely seems like a fun night. Yeah, that'll be a good show. I mean, a lot of a lot of great talent on that. So yeah, so I, I went ahead once they announced Ninja Mac was going to be on it again because you know the whole like he was going to Japan and all that stuff, but due to the pandemic, that's not happening anymore. So um, he's going to be on there as well. So hell pretty, yeah, pretty sweet stuff. So I have that, <clears throat> and two weeks later I have GCW. So I'll have those two shows, and then I have those meet and greets as well. Um, so uh, I, I, Luke Rockhold's also going to be there, so I'm definitely going to meet yeah. Luke Rockhold. Yeah. I, I'm going to do it. I cross him off the list. Um, yeah. For, former Strike Force champion. Former UFC champion, too. Yeah, that's true. I just remember him more as a Strike Force guy. I just did. He just never, like, he, he did well in the UFC, but, like, he also just got brutally knocked out in a lot of ways. And I, I just can't forgive him. I, like the way you look at CM Punk, like after the UFC, is like how I kind of feel about like mm-hmm. how he got beat by Michael Bisping because like Michael Bisping was never meant to be champion. Like the guy got better, definitely improved, but like it wasn't supposed to be that. And I mean, wow. Yeah, Luke Rockhold is one of the biggest examples I think of just like I don't want to take anything away from the guy because like he did win the UFC title and like obviously he is a badass, but like. 
he was right place, right time in so many ways where, like, Anderson Silva had just lost his title and, like, Rockhold yeah. matched up so well against Weidman. But, like, right away, like, the next... Because what Rockhold beat Weidman for the title and then maybe defended it. I think maybe he fought Yoel, but, like, they couldn't put the title on the line. It was, that was either before or after because Yoel kept missing weight. But like, yeah, that, that was after Yoel knocked <clears throat> him out very, very brutally. Uh, Rockhold? Yeah. I can't even remember how all that remember, went. Remember, like, he went he went down to the cage and then, and I mean, full shot right to his face, put him out cold. So, yeah, I just never – and Rockhold just very, very arrogant. Like, oh, just – yeah, and they tried to do you like the, funny? the the Ralph Lauren polo modeling and all that stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, you know what's funny to me is um, he he at one time dated Demi Lovato. Like, how much fun would that conversation have been? Like, he's like the most narcissistic type of like I'm a beautiful man, I'm a badass, I'm a fighter, and she's like. <laughs> I love everyone and everything and I'm different genders. And like, I just can't imagine how that conversation went. Yeah. I know nothing about any of that. So I can't really, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I just, I was never, I was never a Rockhold fan, but I respected the, the fact that he won the title, but then like the way that he just underestimated Biz being the way that he did. And then the way that he just like tried to like, I don't know, his reaction to losing a Bisbing was just so childish, like, just, I don't, yeah, I just wasn't for Yeah, me. it's not like, it's not like, you know, there's a little slip here, that, like, he got knocked out cold. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he fought Michael, or, so he fought uh, Tim Bosch, beat him, beat Michael Bisping, beat Machida, beat Weidman, then lost to Bisping, then beat David Branch, and then lost to Yoel and Jan Blahovich. Yeah, and Jan Blahovich like just Ooh. completely turned his lights off. Like, yep. and they were talking about. I remember because that was Rockhold moved up to light heavyweight for that fight, and the whole thing was like John Jones was out of opponents and. It was like if Rockhold moves, the same thing happened to Weidman. They both, at the run the same time, both went from middleweight to light heavyweight and both got destroyed at light heavyweight <laughs> and then just like moved back down. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I cool. don't, he, uh, Dirty thinks that, you know, Anderson would have knocked him out, which is very likely, but like yeah. Rockhold had a nasty ground game. Like when he would be able to take people down, he would definitely get control and he, he, he used to be a beast, but. He, he's always thought he's better than what he is. And I don't ever think he was, like, overly dedicated. I think a lot of it, too, is where he trained, right? Exactly. Trained AKA yeah. with Training with DC, Cormier every day, yeah. DC and Kane and Josh Thompson and Khabib and all those guys. Like, you definitely develop an ego when you're in that type of camp. So I think yeah. that was a big part of it, too. And I'll give him credit for his ground game, for sure. Like, his... Like, he, the first time he fought Bisbing, he had an injured arm and, like, choked him out with one arm. So, um. Well, then yeah. when Wyman, like, Wyman threw, like, a head kick and fell down, and then, like, he was never able to get back up, and Rockhold just destroyed him. So, like, I mean, full-mounted him, I think. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, he's had his moments, but. Anyways, if I get a chance to meet an MMA fighter yeah. and it's not overly that expensive, I'll definitely do it. So, I'll, I'll try to meet Luke Rockhold as well. Um. 
add to the Instagram account, which everyone should go follow. Uh, like I said, I'm going to post some really cool stuff on there. Some, and uh, Stephen will definitely post some stuff, too, of his collections and things like that. So it'll be definitely something fun to follow. Yeah, it's probably a good, uh, good thing to end on here. Um, For sure. Speaking of action figures, maybe next week. Since we haven't yet, and it's too late in the show now to start this, but like we can talk about some of our favorite action figures of this past year. I've been seeing more yeah. people putting those up. Um, we could have that as part of our awards. I can't believe freaking, we didn't think of that. Freaking Kyle, jeez, man. <laughs> Kyle has top NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, top MCU comic, top MCU or top. Marvel Legends comic, top MCU Marvel Legends, top Star Wars Black Series, like all the WWE. different wrestling companies, yeah, yeah, I and mean, WWE Ultimates, um, yeah, yeah. He's the man, Kyle Peterson. Use code Kyle on uh, Ringside Collectibles, everybody. Um, yeah, I saw, I, I watched it before we went live, but I saw the Major Bros uh, put out their figures of the year earlier today. What, what made number one? I didn't check it out. So they each had. They all three of them had their own top five, and then there was a top yeah. five for the actual, uh, like the major marks voted. You're so, talking about Smart Mark Sterling, Cardona, mm-hmm. and Brian Myers. Yes, yeah. Okay. So I think Cardona's top of the year was the Slaughter uh, exclusive ultimate. Ultimate. Yeah. Um. Myers was Orange Cassidy. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sterling was uh, Ultimate Undertaker. Okay. Wh- which was surprising for a lot of people because, like, he the that figure rules, but they, it's like a head scan more of like the like the ruthless aggression era than like the nineties. Yeah, that figure's sick. That's a hell of a custom. Um, and then the the. Major marks voted for, oh, they voted for, uh, for the new Sting that just came out, the on unri- the unmatched. Yeah, that, that looks really good. I'm pissed off that I didn't get that. And now it's like $80 on eBay and it makes me mad, but eventually it'll come back and, uh, I'll get it. But like Sting, Wardlow, and Tay Conti, I missed out on, so. Those are the three that I got from the set. Those are the exact three. Well, and now on ringside, you can get Wardlow and Tay Conti, but you cannot get Sting. Sting is sold out, so. I highly contemplated keeping him in the box, but I let him breathe because he looks so damn good next to my Darby. But if I find any more in the wild, I'll uh, probably keep him in the box and put him on display. I'm definitely looking. The guy that we saw, or that you saw, that you sent me that DM about, he bought, yeah. it, from, he bought it from another country from, from somebody. Um, yeah, so it's not in the U.S. still, it looks like. The the Walmart exclusive Sting with the half-Darby face paint. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, anyways, y'all, make sure to follow me on Twitter, talk underscore. Make sure to support Unkind Esports, sponsor of the show. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at Unkind Esports. Follow their, uh, check out their new website at unkindesports.com. Watch them on Twitch, twitch.tv slash unkindesports. And uh, if y'all are watching Impact Wrestling this weekend, or even if you're not and you want to see my Hear, see and hear my thoughts about all this stuff uh, going on with Impact Wrestling this weekend. YouTube.com slash Fightful. I'll be on there with Denise Salcedo. We'll be doing the Impact post show. And then I've got Terminus this month. I might go to Zicky Dice's uh, show the day before Terminus. That's here in Atlanta. Um, I've got the GCW post show, the Hammerstein show. I'm going to be doing with Righteous Reg from Grapsity. Big time wrestling fan. He does the uh, – I, I always forget the name of the actual – 
award, but but he does like basically like the black PWF 500 style list every yeah. year. Um, yeah, I remember that. Um, really big indie fan, watches a ton of, goes out to West Coast Pro shows live, and stuff, really knows his stuff for the indie. So I'm really happy to have him on the show with me for the post show. Um, cause I really wanted to, I, I, I wanted to ask somebody that I knew was going to have like a really deep understanding of, of what GCW is doing and like their current stories and the matches and all this stuff and the wrestlers. So I think it's going to be a really good post show. So, um, then of course we have UFC 270 the day before that. So me and Doug will be there on Fightful, uh, for Surreal Gone versus Francis Ngannou. So there's a lot of really, really good stuff this month um and i'm missing the royal rumbles later this month i mean there's there's a lot going on that, that's going to be a lot of fun so stay tuned here make sure you subscribe and give us a thumbs up if you haven't already make sure you're following us on social media and uh anything you want to plug doug before we get out of here yeah so there's my twitter up top you can follow me there um like i said give us a chance on that instagram account a lot of cool stuff will be posted on there it's down at the link below um after this video, there should be a pop-up of the Pro Wrestling Awards for MMA and Pro Wrestling of 2021 of our opinions. So click on those for us. Check those out if you haven't watched them yet. And just keep in mind that whatever I said is my opinion alone. Don't drag Steven into any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. this is his, his, he's got his own opinion. I've got my own opinion. I think opinions should be shared and talked about. I would personally love to talk to people about these topics. Hey, I'm not afraid to talk and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to, uh, maybe I'm not understanding certain things. I think by being quiet, we don't always get to hear both perspectives and I think both perspectives matter. And then that's where you kind of find common ground. So yeah, shout outs to anybody that watched this. I appreciate it. Please uh, hit that like button for us. Go Cowboys, and my boy Will Ospreay needs to bring home the gold and solidify himself as the best wrestler in New Japan. Well, there you go. I would say school Vikings, but they can't make the playoffs. So uh, go Cowboys. See you all next time. Yay!